A young man is trapped in a supernatural game. Decades later, a new group has to play. Can they avoid the wildlife, traps, and villains? Or will they be lost to the jungle? It's more than just a game, and all this can mean only one thing. We're comparing Jumanji and Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle in this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Us <laughs> <laughs> doing our Axel Rose impressions. Yeah. Um, I'm Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Bueller. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake. Remake. This is the series where we compare movies and their remakes, or today's case, reboots. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake or reboot exist? Today's films are Jumanji and Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah, nice. Uh, Jumanji 1996 stars Robin Williams, Bonnie Hunt, Kirsten Dunst. I didn't really recognize it was her. Oh, yeah? yeah oh, wow. Because <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> Bradley Pierce, Jonathan Hyde, and David Allegreer. The screenplay is by Jonathan Hensley, Greg Taylor, and Jim Strain. Directed by Joe Johnson, who you may know from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Page Master, Rocketeer, and Jurassic Park 3. Oh, I like uh, a few of those films. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and uh, the music is by James Horner, who you may know from Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, Titanic, and uh, Avatar. Mm. Jumanji 2017, Welcome to the Jungle, uh, starring Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Karen Gillan, Nick Jonas, Bobby Cannavale, and Reese Darby. Screenplay by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Scott Rosenberg, and Jeff Pinkner. Directed by Jake Kazan, who you may know from Bad Teacher or Dewey Cox, Walking Line. Oh, <laughs> uh, classic movie. Yeah, of course. Um, and music by Henry Jackman, who's done Kong Skull Island. X-Men First Class, Captain America, and Detective Pikachu. Uh, both of these screenplays are loosely based on Chris Van Allsburg's picture book of the same name, Jumanji. Oh, I didn't know it was a book. Yeah, it was a children's book. Nice. Uh, Dan, what was your first experience with either film? My first experience with the original Jumanji was a sleepover I had in my house. Remember sleepovers right? oh, when yeah. you were young? The best time in your life. You got your rented movies, you had video games, and personal pan pizzas from Pizza Hut. Mm. That's what I had. So um, that's the first time I watched it. I knew about the film, and I was really excited to watch it, and I really enjoyed it as yeah. a child. And I had not seen the reboot until watching it for this series. Nice. Uh, I remember seeing the original, I think, actually in school. So it wasn't a sleepover, but like, you know. You roll in that big TV, <laughs> oh, yeah. you press play. Uh, it's called The Education System. Um, so I, I've seen the original around the time it came out, um, similar to you. The remake I had never seen before. But uh, one time, I saw the actual direct sequel to Jumanji, which is Zathora. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, I was going on a date. I was like 17 years old, and we were, I think we were trying to see one of the Saw movies. And this one girl, she was 16, so she couldn't go. So instead of watching Saul, we watched Zathora, which is a completely different <laughs> film. But um, I remember actually thinking it was a decent film. Yeah, I, uh, I watched the trailer for that after watching the reboot, and I was like, I kind of want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so I might, I might watch that soon. Mm -hmm. Jumanji in space. Yeah, basically. that's awesome. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's like, where do you go from the jungle of space? Yep. Yeah. I had to like figure out what movie I was trying to see, so I was looking at the 2005 box office to see <laughs> <laughs> what was that when Zathora came out. So yeah, that's uh, my experience with the films. 
That being said, um, let's run down the synopsis. A young man encounters a game that was hidden away from the world. The game is called Jumanji and has unbelievable supernatural power. Once he starts the game, he becomes trapped in it, literally. The young man's disappearance has an effect on the whole town as the mystery of what happened becomes the stuff of legends. Decades later, a new group of young people discover the game. When they start to play, strange and mysterious things begin to happen. The game world becomes real and they have to contend with the perilous jungles of Jumanji. Along the way, they encounter the missing man who's been trapped all these years. The man can't believe how long he's been missing, but he hardly has time to contemplate this as his nemesis and villain of our game, Van Pelt, is after him and his new companions. As perilous as the game is, the only way out is to keep playing. The group faces their fears, plays the game, and say those magic words, Jumanji. Each movie ends their respective way as the missing man gets another chance to change his past. And that's a... Uh... That's that's really good. Like <laughs> I, I was like thinking, like how the hell is he gonna write a synopsis? Like the movies are completely different. <laughs> so but, different. And you even recognize that the villain has the same name. So I didn't. I didn't know that. So good <laughs> on you, Reggie. It's, it's easy good to miss you. some of this stuff, but uh, you know, I just kind of found that like central theme, and like yeah. it's it's different, but you know, there's there's something there <laughs> that connects these two films. The nice. bones are there. Yeah. So that kind of brings us to kind of like. Um, some of the major differences. I don't know if we wanted to start there or start with the cast. Well, I wanted to talk about this movie. Is mm -hmm. it a, really a reboot or is it a sequel? I wanted to start there. I personally read it as a reboot. Um, I know there are sequel elements, like mm -hmm. uh, Alan's Treehouse. Yeah, that, Alan Parsonage was here or something. Yes. So that's one thing mm -hmm. that can make it a sequel. Also... That's about it. <laughs> I mean, the, I, I guess no, it's not. I was gonna say like the house looks similar, but not not really, not really. And then it's like the rules. I mean, I mean obviously it's different because we have a board game versus a video game, which mm -hmm. we'll get into. But even the rules of like what happens after Jumanji is completed right. are different. Yeah. So it's like it really is like a reboot. It, like that's why I think it's not really a sequel, even though they have one little thing with Alan Parsonage. I, I think it's totally a reboot. Uh, especially when you think that they reboot the rules of the game, like you said. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's creatures everywhere. Someone's playing, Jumanji! Someone's playing in the house. Um, yeah, I mean, like, even making a video game and them having the lives and stuff like that, like, um, that's completely different. Like, you had one life, basically, mm -hmm. in the original. Right. Um, and I don't know, like, that to me feels like a reboot. When you start messing with you know i get board games aren't as popular as they used to be um they're still pretty damn popular so yeah it could have been a board game actually <laughs> <laughs> but like you know they they were playing that kind of like high school teen angle so yeah I, so like I, I even looked it up like here's the definition of a reboot okay a new start of an established fictional universe which i feel that's like what this is, is. <laughs> that's what this is <laughs> it's exactly, it has no ties to anything in that original except the one little thing. Right. About Alan Parrish. I said Parsonage before. Alan Parrish <laughs> yeah. was here. So, yeah, I, I really think this is a reboot instead of a sequel. I think I think it's a reboot as well because, you, like you said, you've rebooted the franchise. It is now a Dwayne The Rock Johnson like star vehicle. Right. So there's no one from the original coming back. So like this does not feel like a sequel to me. And we've almost kind of changed the, the genre, too, because it was more like of an adventure in yes. the first one. And that one's more like an action movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can see that. 
It's like an action comedy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I guess the people that made the movie want to call it a sequel, but I, I tend to agree with you that this looks to be a reboot yeah. to me. You easily cut that one scene, and it's, it's, it has no ties, except for the words Jumanji and Van Pelt. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And like you said, even like the rules change. Yeah, and we'll get to that when we talk about the endings. But yeah, it's just totally, it's totally different, so. I, I can see that. Um, I mean, we touched on some of the, some of the things that, uh, the board game versus video game, which I think. Um, I mean, we could start there if you want. Yeah, yeah, let's start there. So, I, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about, I guess, in what, like, 1860-something, there was, like, a board game? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> These two little boys were bearing it. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the element of the board game. It feels more like a family group kind of thing. Like, video games can be that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, when you're introduced to the Mason Guccion plays him, uh, this teenage Alex character who gets stuck in the game. He's playing by himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's playing by himself. So, like, um, I like that in the original, uh, Sarah still, she needs her turn. Like, she doesn't, mm -hmm. she doesn't play her turn. So, I think um, just that element of two people were playing with a connection fit better than one guy who isn't really in the story the same way mm -hmm. parishes, right? Like, yeah. he's just some guy, and then he's a guy that went missing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I always, I think what I really liked about the original Jumanji is the fact that, like, this group is all connected, mm -hmm. and from the beginning, everyone had to play, everyone involved, and it's just not there in this remake. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, because you can't go until the other person goes, so it is definitely more of a group mm -hmm. dynamic, like, I need you to go in order for me to go. Right. In the reboot, like, you have, like, this kid who went into the video game because he was playing by himself, Right. so, like, he gets stuck in there for 26 years because he can't do it by himself, Right. but they do kind of, like, make it like, well, you can read the map, and I have these abilities, right. and, like, our abilities all help each other, which is okay, but it's not as, like, they're not as dependent on each other. Because, right. like, still, the kid who got sucked in 26 years earlier still made it pretty far by himself. <laughs> he, made he, didn't, he didn't need all the like, map-reading abilities or knowledge of poisonous that's, venom snakes. He point. just got there. That's a good point. <laughs> he did not need those people. And, you know, there wasn't really a reason, like, they all needed each other at the same time. There wasn't, like, one big moment. Like, we need all of our talents in order no, to I mean, overcome this one obstacle. It's even, like... More to extent that any given time, you know, someone's just kind of doing their own thing. And sure, could we have like a dance fight scene, or is there another way to get past those guys? Right. You know, I think <laughs> we'll get into it. But also having the Rock's character have no weaknesses <laughs> kind of undermines everything else. Like I think I get it. It's kind of funny that he has no weakness, but I think it actually undermines the story. Because he has a weakness. So he doesn't, he doesn't really need any <laughs> help. <laughs> yeah, he just do it by himself. Arguably, like, he was very close to doing it by himself at one point in the film. But uh, I don't know, like, there's something about having it be a board game that's very intuitive and aligned with this story. And if you go back to, like, the original, like, children's book, that's kind of part of it, like, this brother and sister find a game 
and they play it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having like a teenage kid just kind of playing Atari. Yeah. You know, it all kind of works together with the weaknesses and stuff, but it, it's it's not as intuitive. So, the beginning. Um, just getting a little off topic. Mm-hmm. So, when you start, when you find the Jumanji in the reboot, um, we think it's the board game, right? right? So, but he opens it up, and it's an Atari game, right? Right. So, did it change from the board game to the Atari I, game? I think it changed. You think it changed? Okay. I think it changed to be more modern. Yes. In 1996, changing to an Atari game. <laughs> I'm just saying I didn't have an Atari I didn't know what the no, fucking Atari was in 1996 you're right I would have more easily recognized a board game than an Atari game I mean granted maybe they didn't have the rights to make a Nintendo or Super Nintendo cartridge sure. Sure. but still it's like if you're gonna go modern why why not just go all the way I mean, he's playing a Playstation you know just make it a disc he's playing Playstation he's already fucking got it what who what are we right he doesn't Necessarily have to have an Atari, but we know he has a PlayStation. Right. Come on, man. I think it's like, it's a bit of a stretch. I get what they're trying to do because they're looking forward to, we've got these teens that are going to be playing it. And teens are too cool for board games. But like, they literally don't know what they're looking at. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, these kids have never seen a coax cable. <laughs> they're just <laughs> like, what, what is going on? Um, so I understand the narrative device to make it a video game. That is like an interesting twist, but to your point, does it modernize it enough to like work in both settings of like that past, what'd you say, like 86 and then like 26 years later? Does it actually work? I don't know if it does. Cause like if I was at school and I saw like an Atari game, maybe if it was like a Nintendo, I'd be like, oh shit, let's yeah, play. Yeah. But like, an I saw Atari, an Atari game, I'd be like, eh. <laughs> I'm gonna just clean more shit. <laughs> these staples. <laughs> um, so yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there because I thought that was an interesting choice to make it an Atari game. Yeah. But getting back to board game versus video <laughs> it's a good game, side. <laughs> I do like also just like I guess the consequences and scale of the mm-hmm. board game because it's it's real life versus in a video game. Yeah. Right. That's so we have the actions and the roll of the dice literally have consequences like not just on the four people playing but people in the world right those mosquitoes were fucking people up the monkeys That's were going right. wild the rhino was cop cars yeah man <laughs> fucking with dave and alan Greer just left <laughs> and right man so good <laughs> and then it's like okay wow we really got to fix this problem because this is ruining the world yeah versus four or five people going to a video game it's kind of it's ruins their world and maybe their loved ones right. as we saw the one kid's dad but like much smaller scale. Yeah. I think that that's a great point. Um, it ties into another point I wanted to bring in, which is this video game world versus the real world. I think that, to your point, scale and scope and all that, to have the game affecting their family members, their town, the cops, like I think it's so much more impactful. Mm-hmm. And like you can feel the immediate consequences of this game. Whereas like the video game, I mean... I get it, like, video games, you have lives, but, like, you can die. Yeah. You can just die. You can die a few times. You can die, you cake and explode, you know? <laughs> um, the, the actions don't necessarily have immediate consequences right. as opposed to the board game. Right. And I think for me, as I was watching it, I, you know, the connection to the real world in the original film, like, I could feel that. Like, especially being a kid when you're first yeah. watching it, you're like, oh, man, what if monkeys came and, like... Yeah messed up my my mom's kitchen you know <laughs> be a problem um 
the fact they're in the video game, like, I'm kind of detached to it because, like, this Jumanji, because of the video game, I feel like the world is fake. Mm-hmm. Right. And although it's fake in the original, it feels real. Right. And that kind of central difference, I think, makes the two films sort of wildly different the way I interacted with them, at least. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just another point, um, the board game, you know, a lot of exposition early in that sure, film, sure. but they lay out the rules. Yes. Right in the beginning. Yep. You know all the fucking rules of Jumanji <laughs> right away. Maybe about, not the rule about cheating, but, you know, that's okay. I'll, I'll let that slide. Yeah. And now, when you go to the reboot and you're in the video game, you don't really know all the rules. I have no idea what the rules are. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, it's a video game, so we can kind of just make it up as we go along. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. not as fun and engaging for us, because you can just keep changing shit. Right. And they kind of do <laughs> change <laughs> shit. They do. You know, there's a lot of different types of video games out there, and then they're just kind right. of taken from whatever they fits their narrative. That's not necessarily point. following a certain set of rules. That's a great point. I have no idea what genre of game you're actually playing. No, it seems action adventure. It seems so, like something kind of because it feels like one of those old school like text games. You know, it's like, uh, uh, like Oregon Trail. Yeah, something like that. But you know, like I said, I think that I appreciate the narrative device that they're using, but I think that it does affect the overall story when you make changes like that. And uh, you're right; like the rules are laid out a lot simpler mm-hmm. in the original film and like just that visceral watching the piece move seeing the the text mm-hmm. and the immediate result like i don't know it's just it's very that word intuitive keeps coming out to me and i think if you're like a kid watching a movie um knowing what's going on is kind of helpful uh the remake i think relies a lot on action and jokes which is fine mm-hmm. but it's just not as intuitive as what's going on i think it just feels like we need a setting, so here it is, and we can play around in it. Yeah, you brought up a good point. The Just the visual of the pieces on the board, getting closer and closer to the center. That's just, how are we almost there? Are we going to yeah, like yeah. fix everything? That's just a great visual to have. Oh. In the video game, you're like, okay, I know they got to go put this jewel in the mountain. And you're like, are we there? I like, are I don't, you don't know, because like they're just kind of fucking around a lot and right. cracking jokes. Right, and it's like... Things happen throughout the film, like planes crash and helicopters and all that stuff. And I can't tell if like they're closer to their goal, if they're farther from their goal <laughs> because of that. Um, it seems that regardless of what happens to your point, things just continue to yeah. progress and there's no visual marker. Because I think if you got a character that reads a map, maybe the map comes up every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does come up, but it's the the goal, I guess, where we have to go is not on the map. Right. So we have no idea where they are in relation to where they have to go. Correct. Which, you know, <laughs> think you have the map, this is great. Oh, we're not actually showing where we are versus our goal. So yeah. it's like, yeah. it doesn't work in that way. Yeah. I think um, the, the expense of some of the more, you know, visceral, like you can see what's going on. I think that they do some other things with the characters that kind of help out the fact that we don't necessarily know where we are in the journey. Because a lot of times we're dealing with where the characters are in their friendship. Right. So I can kind of allow for that change. But I do think that overall the original film is easier to follow, grasp, and kind of like feel like you're involved Mm -hmm. in the story. Versus remake, which is more these interpersonal stories, but 
other people are playing. But... Yeah, Let, let's get into that. Let's get into that. So obviously, the original Jumanji, it's the people, right? Right. Right. Granted, some of them have aged yes. because there's a, there's a time jump, but it's still human people, right? And that's that's Alan Parrish, and then that's Christian Dunst, and, mm -hmm. and so on. So we start off the reboot with these. Four kids, these four kids who have nothing in common, yeah. and then they're put in detention, and then they come together and realize that they are friends. It's the Breakfast Club. <laughs> it is. It's literally the Breakfast Club. Welcome to detention. Spencer, Bethany, Fridge, Martha. I, I didn't come up with that. I read that Jack Black thought of this movie as the Breakfast Club, and wow. I was like, that's pretty fucking good. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. Jack, a dork, a hot chick. Yeah, seriously, it's the Breakfast Club, and all these kids come together. But... That aside, we don't see them interact because no. it's their, their video game characters, these avatars right. of them. So their connection, especially once you get to the ending, when they're supposed to be stronger than ever, you just don't feel it as much because it wasn't them you were watching the whole time. Yeah, and also, as we talked about, I've got some issues with how they handle okay. <laughs> some of like the relationships towards the end, but uh, um, yeah, you're 100% right. Like. I'm introducing these characters so much so, right? Like when you read my breakdown, I have not named four people that are quite literally the stars of the film mm -hmm. for most of it. <laughs> like I didn't name them because it's like, well, you know, it's actually about The Rock and Jack Black and Kevin Hart. So <laughs> I think the kids are doing a decent job in right. the film, but then they then they're gone. They're gone. Right, and, and their personalities are being portrayed right. by these adults. By these adults who are pretty much playing themselves. Uh, at least The Rock, right. Kevin Hart, and Jack Black mm -hmm. are pretty much just playing themselves. Maybe Jack Black is kind of acting like a girl. Kind of, sometimes. But he's pretty much Jack Black. <laughs> okay. It's true. So, um, would you have preferred we just stick with the kids and maybe they just go into the video game and then it's like, wow, now they're discovering that they have powers. I think... Yes, if I. <laughs> yes and no, right? Like, yeah, I think like narratively, I think I would have preferred, like maybe every once in a while you see it, like visualized as like The Rock or Kevin Hart, but like you know we've seen movies where people go into the game and like they're a character but they look like themselves, right? So like that's been done and that could be done. I think that because the star, it's a star vehicle, right. the film. Um, I think watching The Rock, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black interact is a lot of fun, so I'm glad that happened. But I don't think it helps <laughs> our story, and it actually, I think in some ways, can undermine things because, like, I'm like, yeah, what's that kid like from before? Because I get that, like, Kevin Hart's the fridge, but did that kid actually act like that? I don't remember right. him doing that, you know? Yeah, I think part of the problem is we don't know enough about these characters before mm -hmm. they go into the video game. I, I agree, which is sort of another point that I had in my notes, too, in the breakdown, is that um, there's a lot of, like you mentioned, exposition in the original film. Like, we... It's another major change. We haven't even said any character's name yet, but, like, um, Alan Parrish, right? We see a day in his life, mm -hmm. and we're connected to him from start to finish, right? Mm -hmm. For better or for worse. Alex, in the remake, we see him once, and then we see him towards the end. Who's that kid? I don't know. Who's that? In this, the, the kid that's basically the Rock in this film. I like some of the back 
story and exposition for him. I mm-hmm. think it works kind of well, actually, right. that he's got that connection with his friend. But then it's kind of over once you're you're in Jumanji. Like you're now doing Jumanji stuff, and I think to your point, not having the same kids actually being the ones going right. through it. Like, did they learn a lesson? Right. Because, like, at one point, the guy's like, man, I kind of want to keep being The Rock, which I understand. <laughs> <laughs> which I understand, man. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, if the story is ultimately kind of about, like, accepting yourself and, you know, realizing that you, you matter, but you do that by being somebody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> you know? Be you. People will like you. But as long as you're The Rock. So you right. be The Rock and right. people will like you. It is kind of mixed messages. That's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I, so this is a weird long about... I almost forgot your original question, but it's a long way of saying for the comedy, I think having them remain the stars was useful. For the underall message and story, I think it hurts it. Right. Yeah. I would prefer it if it was just the kids. Because like, so. the comedy... I take it or leave it. Yeah. Like, you'll find out my thoughts on the comedy in mm-hmm. a minute when we discuss the characters. Sure, but I, I just, yeah, the relationship between the kids. It's like they're like I could think like every relationship is completely destroyed as soon as we enter the video game world because that dynamic of that nerdy kid and his the fridge, the muscular football guy, it's completely mm-hmm. flipped. Right, which isn't which could be an interesting dynamic, but right. like I just completely forgot that like this this was the dorky kid trying to like right. you know be look- cool around his cool football friend. He's looking at the rock. Yeah, he's just <laughs> looking at the rock the whole time. So it's like, well, he doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. He's the rock. It's true. He's twice the size of Kevin Hart, literally. <laughs> Quite literally. And, I, yeah, it's just, um, there. like I said, there's elements that I think work, and I think there's elements where, where it hurts. But um, let me see if we have anything else to kind of break down before we actually talk about some of these characters. Uh, no, I think we, we really touched on some of the main issues. I think as we describe some of these people, we'll probably come back around to some of these concepts. But uh, uh, if you want, I can jump right into our protagonist. Um, Just to keep things really simple, I'm going to introduce two characters at once because there isn't that one-to-one connection. not really. Because none of the characters are the same. Um, But there is a similar relationship, I guess. Sort of. Kind of. Not really. <laughs> Go with me. <laughs> um, so in the original film, 1996, you've got Robin Williams, the great Robin Williams, as Alan Parrish, a man who's been trapped in Jumanji for 26 years. Of their own. Are you Alan Parrish? Yeah. His younger self is played by Adam Han Bird. In the jungle, you must wait until the dice read five. Um... In the remake, you've got Dwayne Johnson as Dr. Xander Smolder Bravestone. Guys. Uh, a strong, confident archaeologist and explorer. Um, he's the avatar for Alice Wolf's Spencer Gilpin. A game for those who seek to find a way to leave their world behind. Jumanji who's an intelligent but unconfident high school student. Okay, that's kind of our male lead protagonist, sure. right? In the original film, you've got Bonnie Hunt, who plays Sarah Whittle. Oh, God, Sarah, Alec, if I have been up for 2,000 years in therapy, convincing myself that the adults exist. 
who's a psychic who encountered Jumanji in 1969 with Alan. Uh, her younger self is played by Laura Bell Bundy. Yeah, not too consequential, really. The younger people there. Um, in the remake, it's Kevin Hart, who plays Franklin, Mouse Finbar. In there and save her. I'm not gonna get in there. You get in there. I got a backpack on. You don't get in water with a backpack. Everybody knows that. Who's like a diminutive zoologist. Um, he's the avatar. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's confusing. Um, he's the avatar for Sidarius Blade, who plays Anthony Fridge Johnson. Fridge. Yo, what's this? Who's basically friends with Spencer, but they're... Uh, he's a big, like, jock football player, star of the team type guy, but him and Spencer have become estranged because of just high school. Like, yeah. He's a jock. People change. Popularity, mm -hmm. clicks. Yeah, you, you fall into a rhythm. So, like, this relationship between Spencer and Fridge is, in my opinion, similar. Obviously not the same because it's romantic. Right. When you're looking at Alan and Sarah in the original. But, like, um... I would say it's the closest parallel I think we can make to these two sort of leads in our films. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, minus the romantic. My, minus the romance. Because there is a romance on the other side, but I, I find it to be less consequential to the overall story in terms of, like, this remake is about Spencer and the Fridge sort of rekindling their friendship. When you break everything else down, like, it's really kind of about that. Like, these two people that got away from each other for different reasons, they're now back. Um, similar to the original where Alan, because he's stuck into a video game, <laughs> um, being kind of away from Sarah for 26 years and like the trauma that Sarah had, the trauma that Alan has from being away from his family for so long and then them repairing that by finishing what they started. Okay, okay, I'll buy it. You got it, you it? <laughs> Did I sell it? <laughs> Yeah, I'll take it. It's, it, it's, it's so difficult because they are just so different in these films. But mm -hmm. yeah, I'll take it. I mean, do you want to compare the relationship? Do you want to compare the characters at all? See, the problem with comparing the characters is actually I have patched together these two characters because there's like other elements of other characters yeah. that relate back to Alan. So I think the relationship is probably okay. where to start. All right, start with the relationship now. So... I feel like Alan, right, and Spencer have the best one-to-one -one relationship in, in the films. Um, we see a lot of Alan as a youngster kind of being bullied, having tension with his father, um, not speaking up when David Allen Greer's... Gonna <laughs> <laughs> get fired? Get fired. Nah, you'll be fine, Carl. <laughs> um, I think this idea of, like, this young Alan having to, like, man up and, you know, step mm -hmm. into... This family role is somewhat what Spencer needs to do in this this other film, which is like he's neurotic. His mother's kind of overbearing. He, I don't know, he's got all this anxiety and stuff like that, and he has to like, quote unquote, kind of man up to become, uh, I guess, ultimately the person he's supposed to be, or whatever. I just think it's done so well in the original. Yeah. Like, the, the connections to David Allen Greer, the connections to Sarah, the connections to the father. Mm -hmm. Like, the young Alan is doing a lot very early in this film yeah. that <laughs> worked really well with the overall narrative <laughs> versus, like, Spencer character who, I, I you know, like I said, I think what they're trying to say is this. Yeah, the, I, I don't think his arc is as obvious, especially in the mm -hmm. beginning. Um 
he's just kind of like this dorky kid who doesn't really have confidence right. and his ex friend or whose friendship is not as good as it once was mm-hmm. he's trying to reconnect i don't even know if he just wants the friendship back or if he just likes him because he's popular that's not really clear yeah, like clear. what his motives are <laughs> um like maybe if we had a scene of him just like looking at old pictures i don't know it's stupid just like oh, i miss my friend or something like yeah. that but um his motivations aren't as clear as alan's are yeah. in that original film which are like you know he has, he has, he has i guess an orc because mm-hmm. like he's trying to be that man that his dad wants him to be but he also wants to rebel at the same right. time because he hates his he's mad his father kind of hates him at that point mm-hmm. so you know he's got the conflict it's right like, who do i want to really be right. you know and then kind of resolved you know 26 years in a board game <laughs> right <laughs> so right. figure that out uh versus uh i don't even know the kids spencer, spencer yeah in, in the reboot who's yeah he's just he's just a dork um I don't really have yeah. much to, to add to that because we don't really spend too much time with him. Yeah, you know, to your point, like, it is hard to see, like, Alex Wolf Spencer, like, what he actually wants from Fridge, right? Like, do, do you want to be friends again? Do you want to, like, hang out and be popular? Like you said, like, that is very ambiguous. Um, he's doing his homework. He's not even, I thought he was getting paid for it. He's not even getting paid for doing his right. homework, man. That's, right. oh, what are you doing yeah. it for? <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that, uh, Funny enough, I do recall because I, I was, you know, I remember being a kid and like doing homework. I think the statute of limitations is up on this, but like <laughs> helping people out their homework. We're like, I haven't gotten paid for that before. You know, it's like, <laughs> like uh, doing it for the friendship. I, I don't know. Dude, um, I just, just a little aside. There's a dude on Craigslist. He paid me like $50 due to his music homework for him. Yeah. Was, I, had, I made hundreds of dollars off this guy. It was yeah. fantastic. Oh, it was great. It was great. <laughs> he got straight A's. <laughs> I, got, I got a pair of uh, Jordans once. Oh. <laughs> 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 right behind paper. But like, uh, unlike Spencer, I was smart enough to like dumb it down. Like I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. No one's going to believe this kid's suddenly smart. So, right. hey, let me kind of, like, I made, like, a C paper instead of, like, an A paper, basically, you know? Right. But that, that's an aside. doesn't really matter because <laughs> uh, we got nothing to say about Spencer. Um, <laughs> no, but, like, again, that felt like a way to just move the story along versus, like, being part of the story. Which right, I think is right. Weird. We need to get them into tension somehow. Yes. This is, this is how we're going to do yeah. it. Yeah, and like, oh, by the way, they're friends. Like, they don't seem like it. Like, the acting didn't seem right. like they were They friends. were friends, yeah. Because usually when you're trying to rekindle friendship, like, maybe you'll bring up something from the past. Yes. And then that's like, oh, yeah, that was fun. It's like, what happened? And then, like, you know, then you come to the realization, oh, yeah, we became different people, right. sort of. So, like, there was no, like, past discussion between the two of them. It's just like, what are we doing now Yeah, kind of thing. Because, like, even, like, one thing that could kind of fix that is when Spencer is, like, you want to hang out instead of being like, oh, you want to go to like a party or something like that, wherever they were trying to go. Like, hey, man, I got like the new Street Fighter. You want to come over? And the kid's like, hey, kid, yeah. like, I don't play video games anymore. And like, that shows the riff. Like, at one mm-hmm. point, you played yeah. Pac Man together. Now, you played Atari together. <laughs> yeah. um, so, like, I, I did not feel like those two were actually connected. Yeah, that's why when you said, like, their relationship was kind of, like, I guess, Spencer's arc, like, I was just like, I don't know, man. (laughs) It didn't feel like that because it didn't feel like um, that's what he was trying to do. Like, I need to repair this relationship no matter what. It seemed like once he was in the video game, he just wanted Karen Gillian. You you know what just came to mind, which I think is why the original works so well? To your point earlier about, like, 
does it make sense to switch, like have these avatars versus the kids? When Alan reunites with Sarah as like Robin Williams, right? Like both of them have gone through so much. Those specific people right. <laughs> have gone through so much. And when they face their fears and do all the stuff, those specific people are then able to kind of like heal and repair. <laughs> when The Rock and Kevin Hart <laughs> are, you know, avatars for your friendship and you come back and then even that doesn't really matter because it ends up being about you and the girl. <laughs> who, who doesn't have like a 26 year connection with you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. By having young Alan and older Alan, obviously being the same person, things that happen to old Alan when they kind of revert mm-hmm. actually like has a connection. Like um, when him and Sarah rekindle in the past, you know, it's like, it's kind of weird because they have 26 years of experience right. and their children. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'm horny now. It's like, oh God, oh, <laughs> it's yeah. weird. Very strange. <laughs> but like, it's cool that those lessons were learned by those people. Right. And they got to kind of grow again. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is a little bizarre. <laughs> it's complex, but like it it felt important. Everything that happened to all of those characters, young mm-hmm. Alan right. and old Alan. Right. It the rock is not Spencer. Right. Is the easiest way I can kind of <laughs> describe this. And like you said, he didn't want to leave either. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to stay in the video game. So it's like, did which was, he learn anything? Was a very unnecessary aside. Especially the length of time that he didn't want to change. It was like, I get it. I can I see you're trying to underpin some point, maybe. But like there wasn't a lot of elements throughout the thing. Like if he had said throughout the film, like a lot throughout the film, like, oh, I'm never going back. Right. Like, you know. Right. Yeah, it does kind of, it does come out of nowhere. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Exactly. And it doesn't make sense because he's made this connection with, with yeah, with the girl. The girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it's not like Jumanji, God, this is so complicated, <laughs> for no reason, by the way, for no reason. Um, he also knows the consequences of staying in Jumanji, right? Like, it's far more dangerous than the real world. Right. Um, you've seen the effects of a man who's stuck in the game for 26 years. Like, you've seen that effect in the real world, and yet <laughs> you're like, I choose to disappear from my family and continue to be the rock. It just it undermined that character pretty hard when that scene happened and I didn't think there was enough payoff at all for to go down that pathway. No, and there was a, like, really no reason to just have it <laughs> at all. It's not like he learned his lesson. Oh yeah, real life is better. That wasn't a conflict you had the whole time, but right. why are we bringing this up now? Right. I guess just to kind of like progress sort of our conversation too. Um moving from like the connections of whether they matter or not. Uh, Robin Williams versus The Rock. How do you feel about, like, how they chose to use those characters? Because, like, obviously Robin Williams is going to be more comedic, right. and The Rock is going to be more action-oriented. Did you feel that that sort of worked for each respective film? Um, I guess it honestly depends, because, I mean, they kind of play themselves. And Robin Williams is going to do what Robin Williams does. Sure. But, you know, it's a little more reserved in this role. He's, he's definitely not <laughs> as Robin Williams as he can be. Um, which is fine, because he's... 
He's supposed to be like this everyman who just gets thrown into this board game for 26 years. What does that do to you? Right. <laughs> right. right. <That's> good point. <laughs> that fucks with you a lot. Um, so, you know, just watching it probably through those nostalgic lenses as a kid. But I thought that was a fine performance yeah. that he gave. Um, mm -hmm. Pretty believable, except for the fact that, like, I don't know if Robin Williams could survive 26 years in the jungle. And I don't know. I just think he, if he was yeah. in the jungle for 26 years, he'd be a little more ripped. You know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be so Robin Williams looking. Um, but, you know, he threw in comedic beats uh, when they were necessary, but it wasn't a comedy. Right. So it worked. Yeah. I was fine with it. I think a lot of the comedy in the original is situational. Right, right? exactly. You know, it's not like the characters are so wacky. Like, yeah. Ron Williams is, like you said, funny, but it is more reserved. A like, big part of it is just like him revealing himself to uh, these people from his past. Right. Like, it's me, Al, and then David Allen Greer is just like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> right. he's, he's acting more than Robin Williams is right. in this movie. It's true, he is actually. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that from the trailer. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, he's great. Um, yeah, I think Robin Williams does that great job of, you know, a lot of his kind of like costume design when he comes back in like the jungle outfit yeah. and stuff like that. I think he does a good job of just kind of shepherding the film where it needs to go. He does a good job of grounding the film. Yeah. Robin you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. Williams. <laughs> he's actually, you're right, one of the least eccentric yeah. characters. Besides the first initial meeting. After that, once he shaves and kind of right. gets bunned down, he is very... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it works really well that he's able to pull off being normal. Because I think it helps... It helps make the world of Jumanji just, that, I guess, more magical, more yeah. whimsical. Because well, he's this reserved guy, and then look at all this crazy shit that's happening to him. And he is, yeah, he's reactive right. in a lot of what he does. Right. It's like The Rock. Um, I think the general tone of the film is trying to be more comedic. Yeah. You know, sure. it's like an action film. Like, so there's a lot of different beats where they're trying to do funny things. Most of the things with The Rock are like, whoa, my arms are big. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, most, of the, most of the stuff, shit about The Rock is just like, hey, isn't it awesome how I'm The Rock? <laughs> That's like his shtick, right. the whole right. fucking movie. Like, uh, they want him to smolder. Like, he smolders a lot yeah. in the film. That was The Rock's idea, by the way. He that was, we should call him smolder. That's like, ridiculous. Oh, yeah, and then they, they bring that joke up oh, a few times. Boy, do they? Boy, do they? Contractually obligated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, The Rock, is obviously very believable in an action film. Believable, like, jungle adventure with no weaknesses. Yeah. Um, is is that always funny? No. Does it really, like, what lesson does that teach? Spencer? <laughs> you know, I don't know. But I, I just think that overall, in terms of, like, to use your word, grounding the film, I think Robin Williams grounds this Jumanji film incredibly, right. you know, like, as unrealistic as the movie is, it feels kind of real sometimes. And uh, The Rock, I think, is good at just being so absurd in this unrealistic film that like you're able to just kind of go with it in that way. Because like it, it's not believable. No, but we're going with. It. But it's a but it's a video game, so you, you can believe mm -hmm. it at the mm -hmm. same time. For me, at the end of the day, The Rock's been playing The Rock. If yeah. you don't like The Rock, you're not going to really enjoy that's, it. That's if you like point. The Rock, good for you. You like The Rock. Uh, yeah. Me. 
I am more of the former. I'm not really the biggest fan of The Rock. He pretty much plays the same thing in That's everything right. I've seen. That's uh, right. So I'm not the biggest Rock fan. But um, he's not my least favorite member in that <laughs> cast. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll move down the line. So um, obviously, clear edge to uh, Robin Williams. It's just a better character overall. It, it is. It, it just it just is. So uh, Robin Williams and um, Adam Han Bird. The young and the old portrayal works a lot better than Spencer in uh, The Rock, you know, yeah. just clearly. Yeah. Along the same lines, you know, like Robin Williams, obviously, it's just a better character. I'll say that uh, as little as we use Bonnie Hunt in the remake, I feel like, you know, she shows up after the kids, you know, and I think like, her character is more established as a youth um, mm -hmm. in terms of <laughs> what she's all about. Um, just along the same lines, I think that it's far more advantageous to have that young interaction with Alan and building that relationship over the 26 years and what we see happen at the end and stuff like that. Like, I don't even think that we have to go too deep into this. <laughs> it's clearly going to be better than <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hart, who really has no connection to Sodarius Blaine's uh, fridge. Yeah. Like, I don't even think fridge acts like Kevin Hart until he's Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah. Again, like I said, The Rock plays The Rock. Kevin Hart just plays Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't like Kevin Hart, <laughs> you're not going to like this movie. I'm not a big, not a big Kevin Hart fan myself. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, it's just... Their relationship, I mean, there's, it's not even close. <laughs> it's not close. Like I said, I when you made that focal point, I was like, is it? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, it's so not in the forefront right. of that relationship. Right. There's just not much else to connect to, though, because besides, like, the romance towards, towards the end. But, like, um, Kevin Hart, like, I think, you know, like you said, if you like Kevin Hart, which in spurts, I like Kevin Hart's <laughs> comedy. But then you see scenes that are so over the top that it's like, wait, you exploded because you ate cake. Right. That's, again, that's, that's a big swing, man. That's, again, we go back to what we said before, like, they're just making up the rules as mm -hmm. we go. So if cake's just going to make them explode, and you right. just kind of buy it because it's a video game. But it's like, well, I didn't know, we're just making people explode just because now? Right, right. We are. Because <laughs> you said it, so now he has to explode? <laughs> it's like... I, I think for the bit that they get out of it, I I don't think it's worth the laugh that you're going to get. Um, it's just kind of like really rudimentary. And I think having Cake be his weakness in a different way, you know, like whether he's like allergic to it or like it causes him to start like making poor choices, you know, something. Well, that was the joke, I think, because they, they thought he was allergic to it. They thought like, oh, it just means like I can't focus on things because I'll just want to eat the cake. And then he explodes, so it was just like playing against your expectations. So it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess some comedy is misdirection, but like he just explodes. And yeah. there's no narrative right. device. It's just yeah, a like laugh rack. Karen Gillan didn't explode when she got bit by the snake. Right. Like when her weakness. You don't just explode from your weakness, right. but apparently cake makes them explode. And the only there's only, like really for a joke like that, there's only two people you would pick, and it's Kevin Hart or Jack Black. Yeah, <laughs> and they want Kevin Hart because you know 
Kevin Hart is most of the comedy in the film. Yeah. Just off of the way he talks. Yeah. <laughs> just the way he talks, man. Hey, man, just because you're bigger than me now doesn't mean, you know, like. Yeah. You know. So they go for the obvious, like, let's make small jokes about yeah, Kevin Hart. Because he's, he's small. Get he's, it? He's mouse instead of moose, you know? Yeah. Like. Why am I mouse? Uh, <laughs> it's small. <laughs> um, you know, like, going back to, like, I don't think there's, like, real chemistry between, like, The Rock and Kevin Hart. I don't think, you know, there's real chemistry between Spencer and, uh, you know, uh, Fridge. Fridge. So it's just everyone in this cast is kind of just doing their own thing. They're, for the most part, it, it's everybody's just trying to outdo each other with one-liners. Mm-hmm. That's the relationship between <laughs> all these characters. It really is. And, you know, I, I think kind of going back to, like, the original, having um, Laura Bell Bundy be someone that, like, Spencer's friends with. Like, he's in the friend zone. Sorry, Spencer. Um, having Laura Bell Bundy be someone that, like, Alan's kind of, like, he likes her, but he's kind of in the friend zone. He's taking beatings for her and stuff like that. Um, and also, I, which we didn't get to yet, I think the opening sequence of the original is so much stronger than the opening se- sequence of the remake. Like, going through Alan's day, having him disappear into the game with that effect, having the bats come out, her reaction, screaming out of the house, that is the setup, right? Like, that is how you, like, set up Jumanji. And just the psychological trauma that Laura Bell Bundy's character goes into as Bonnie Hunt. Like, I, you cannot compare that to some kid, some kid. who's not in the movie. <laughs> some kid in his bedroom with Metallica posters and shirts and, like... You don't even see him get sucked into the video game. Mm-hmm. You just see him put it in, and then it pans out to his house, and you just see his lights flashing. Yeah. I could do that effect. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sure. And then, yeah, it doesn't like really let you know like what's going to happen in Jumanji. Like right. Him disappearing into the board is one thing, but having the bats also come out at the same time Perfect. Like, really is just Perfect. Yeah, the cherry on top. Because, again, you talk about rule setting. She rolls the dice. The thing... You know, you can see the piece move. Mm-hmm. The words come up. <laughs> Something bats and whatever the griddle was. Like, you know, these things at night, basically. You hear the bats. You don't see them. You hear them. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Let's keep playing. Rolls the dice. Stuck in the game. You can see them like, warping, kind of like the kids do in the remake. You know, uh, call back clearly. And then the bats come out, scaring her out of the house. Right. So she has no time to yeah. reflect on what has just happened. Yeah. <laughs> and no one's going to believe that this happened. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that is s- some damn good movie exposition. <laughs> Metallica poster kid gone, and then 26 years later, some completely unrelated kid. You know, like uh, uh, Jonah's brother shows up, and that's supposed to be uh, the kid. Yeah, yeah. It's just you did see his dad at one point. But, yeah, but you but you care about. We do see his dad. You care about. Because you watch Alan, mm-hmm. you watch his relationship with the black guy and his dad and some of that. <laughs> like, you watch that. Soul Man? Soul Man. <laughs> I didn't see Alex interact with anybody. I saw him yeah. play a video. Right. His, his, seeing his dad in the present day would have been a lot stronger had we seen the relationship with his fa- father before he got started the video game. Correct. But he's inconsequential. Right. 
And it would have made it a lot stronger to want that character to survive through this journey of Jumanji because you're like, oh my God, because I saw how his relationship was with his dad. We know how, how his dad right. now. God, we got to get this kid out of right. here so they can reunite and reestablish that relationship that was taken away from them. Wouldn't that have been a much better arc for him? Yeah, but other, really all you have are some kids that like have like this like urban myth of what happened to the freak house. Right. Alex Reek or whatever uh, disappeared. Um, and when we catch him later, I mean, we might as well talk about it now because uh, yeah, we're there. I, only thing I was saying about Bonnie Hunt uh, there is like I don't think she's like super strong of a character because right. she's kind of shows up and she's kind of one note. Like I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. But the work that they had her as a kid is clearly, you know, enough to be better than the Kevin Hart thing. Yeah, I mean, her relationship. I mean, her character is her relationship with. Robin Williams' yes. character, they, you know, just hand in hand. They, they're, they're. You said before they're there to kind of heal each other. Yes, right. He needs her. She's kind of his backup, and then she kind of needs him to just realize she's not crazy. Right. The things she experienced that she was told like I'm crazy, and then you know she has these funny beats like you saw that right. Like right. I'm not imagining three monkeys on a motorcycle. <laughs> okay, so they bring that up a couple of times. So you know. Uh, it's a really important relationship at it, the end of the day because they do need each other. He needs her to survive. She needs him to survive. They they play off each other. Like, there's the one line where Alan's like, you got to keep playing. We got to finish what we started. And then there's the next scene where Van Pelt shows up and he's scared. He's like, wait a minute. Are you trying to tell me to play? And yeah, yeah. you start playing. So, like, you know, it works. Um, the, because I have nowhere else to put this character. Um, yeah, just bring him up now. So, in... The remake, you've got uh, Nick Jonas, who plays Jefferson Seaplane McDonough. I've been trying to get across this canyon for like 20 years, okay? Do you realize how huge this is? Who's like an aircraft pilot in Jumanji. And he's the avatar for Colin Hanks, Alex Greek, who's basically, who's a teenager trapped in Jumanji, who ends up being kind of like a family man afterwards. My big issue with this character is you see this this team for like two, two minutes. Yeah, two seconds at the beginning of the film. You were reintroduced to him as Nick Jonas. Yeah. And then you were reintroduced <laughs> to him as... Colin Hanks. <laughs> who is this man? Who is this man of mystery who, who keeps changing? Who is this man? <laughs> Literally, who is he? Why do I care about Alex Reek? So, the movies don't really have a one-to-one. -one. I really think this is our one-to-one -one with Alan Parrish. I it, know, but... This is our character who's a kid, gets stuck in the game for 26 years, and then comes back. But, and does get to reestablish that relationship with the father sure. and make life better. But obviously, <laughs> does not carry as much weight as Alan Parrish because we don't see that kid... We don't hear anything about him. And then when we are reintroduced to him, it's not the kid. It is the Jonas brother. And then when we are, you know, like you said, when we meet him again at the end for that closure, A, we, it's not, it's a different actor because it's Colin Hanks. And B, we don't even see him with the father. Right. The father's not there at the end of the movie with him. It makes we introduce the kid. Yep. We introduce the father. We never have them at the end together. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Other than like, hey, dad, wait, I'll be right there. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I go, I'll be right there, dad. I got to talk to these kids that know me somehow yeah when we talk about the bethany character i want to revisit this okay. but uh um yeah like i like nick jonas in the film 
I like that he helps kind of connect to the Paris thing at a certain point, but like, it's because I like Nick Jones. I don't really care about <laughs> like Alex Reek, right? Like, I don't, I don't know who you are. I know who Allen is. I, I spit the, the day of Allen. I saw Allen get sucked up. I saw the effect of 26 years later on him. I don't know who Kyle Hanks is. You know, he just shows up and like, I am now to believe that you are the Nick Jonas and the other character is like, because you're telling me, right. but there's no real reason why you are. And we spend so much time with Spencer and his little game. Right. We spend zero time with Alex. Mm-hmm. Who am I supposed to care about here? Right. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a big problem introducing that late and not really having any backstory for him. No so, backstory. So, when he gets bit by a mosquito, his weakness, right, right, and then dies, like you're just like, okay, right, uh, all right, I get, you know, he was great, he flew them, he did his thing, but yeah, I guess we really don't care about him because he's not one of our central four, right. But then we change the rules and say, oh wait, wait, right. we can bring him back Which, with, by breathing in his mouth. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that it's was, like, okay, that was a bad scene. <laughs> that, and by the way, not getting bit by a mosquito for 26 years in the jungle. Yeah. How? I got bit by a mosquito today. We're <laughs> in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a good question. Like how? Like I think that Nick Jones's character had like a lot of big personality, and I think helped me like get outside the scope of these other characters that I kind of was indifferent about. Um, I'm also indifferent about this character because, like you mentioned, when he dies, I'm like. Well, you know, the kid's been missing for 26 years. Yeah. Like, you know, he's keep... already yeah. not missed. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, all right, he, he died. People assumed he was dead, you know? I, I don't know. Like, having a fun personality in this film, I think it was a role that allowed Nick Jones to just be, like, fun without really any consequence. Um, I think it was a good role for him. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like you need to do a lot of heavy lifting there. Um, but just, what, what does it mean? Yeah, yeah what does it mean? And a um, couple things uh, before I get to my point. You know who was originally supposed to play that character? No. Tom Holland. Really? Yeah. That would have been sick. But he was not available, so mm. they gave it to the Jonas brother. Um, anyway, um, just talking about how this is more of a reboot than a sequel. Yeah. The Passage of Time. Yes. He has been away in the real world for mm-hmm. about 26 years. Right. When they ask him, how long you been here? A um, few months? Right. So... <laughs> if it's a sequel. Mm-hmm. So Robin Williams is stuck in the board game for that amount That's of time. No, he's been in the game point. for that. And he's aged. Right. Versus this kid who thinks he's only been there for a few months. So we're not. This, it's not the same universe. No. No, it's not. Because one, you're not yourself. Right? Like Alan Parrish didn't say, I'm Alan Big Skipper yeah, Tugboat Man. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, like Leaf Man, the wild man of the jungle. Like, he didn't say that. He was like, he etched his name in the, the treehouse. Yeah. He was Alan Parrish, and he was stuck in Jumanji. So he was stuck in this world for 26 years. Yes. But the kid's stuck in this world, but it only feels like a few months then. Right. Hmm. Uh, great, great point. Yeah. Great point. And, you know, Alan, which is another good reason for being back. <laughs> home instead of in Jumanji, when Alan goes back home, the hope that his father is there, the hope that things haven't changed mm. is, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big part of it. And like, you feel bad for this guy because everything he's ever known, everyone he's ever loved 
is gone. And he knows it. Yeah. Seaplane. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, I guess my dad will see me like next week. It's like, I, like, dude, you're right. Why, how does that make sense? Why even include that? Like, he should know. He's like, guys, I've been yeah. <laughs> for 26 years to figure this out. And you can still have it be oh. Nick Jonas because you're a video game. Video right. game characters don't age. Right. So you could easily just say he's been there for 26 years. But Correct. they said months. They specifically said he's been They did say months. months. They, you were right. As you were saying, I was like, damn, you were making a solid point. <laughs> you're just like, why? Because it matters even more, like... You know, like, people are still, like, speed-running Tetris. You know what I mean? Like, 26 years of playing the same video game makes you an expert. So, like, when he's like, watch out for that that tile, step over here. Yeah. All, like, all that stuff is, like, it's more impactful if he's been there for 26 years. It's less if he thinks he's been there for a couple months. Right. Also, if you're, who are you going to root for more? A guy who's been there for a few months or a guy who's been there for 26 years? You're like, Jesus, get this guy out of here. Correct. Let's Correct. get him to the end game because I feel terrible for him. Yeah. So it's either he just doesn't understand the concept of time. <laughs> like, like, kid smoked himself to, <laughs> to, to stupidity or, or listen to Metallica. Or, or like, it doesn't feel that long in a video game. Which then begs the question, how long have our characters been playing? Right? If it feels like a couple minutes in the game, is it actually six months? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, also... Yeah, you're right. It just under if it is a sequel, it does undermine everything, like the entire universe. Like it undermines everything yeah. if he thinks he's only been there for a few months because it makes Alan's story weaker retroactively. But it yeah. shouldn't because Alan knows how long. He's yeah, been. he's aged. <laughs> he's not like a few months older. He was a boy and then he became a man in right. his forties. And I guess it just makes you like. Wow, yeah. Like, that puts everything... In, in <laughs> I just, just fucked your head. Yeah, like, it did. <laughs> because now I'm like, all right, are you... I know we established you're not, but, like, are you yourself in this world? Because, like, Alan was. He was himself. He experienced some Jumanji. Mm -hmm. Now that it's a video game, there's someone else playing the game. It, it's... Oof. It's not a great... Not a great element. I think they... They did a lot of damage by making it a couple months. Yeah, and they did it by making a couple months and saying that Alan Parrish was there. Because mm -hmm. yes. this is the same world that Alan Parrish was. This is the same world that Alan Parrish, banana leaf wiping, uh, yeah. <laughs> wearing yeah. leaves, like yeah. made it seem like he was all alone in this jungle, but there's apparently people there. Like, a lot of people. A lot of people. He could have had normal clothes. Yeah. They had normal clothes. They do. He goes to town. You know, they go to town. There's a bizarre. Yeah. There's a lot of things you could do in this universe besides getting like shot at by Van Pelt. Or does it? Can you just say, oh, it's a video game because video games do have people in them and board games don't? I guess. But so, you don't, but you never establish that rule. No, you, you don't. And like, is Jumanji adapting itself so much as like cursed sort of game? What is a board game? You know, I almost feel like there's like some Yu Gi Oh element where like the Pharaohs were playing cards back in the day. Like, <laughs> like it, does the game adapt to modern times? Like, but why would that matter? Because he was stuck in the game for 26 years. So would it have been adapt? Does it just... Whatever you were, at whatever time you were at, like, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work. You're right. That's... Oof. That is a big, big misstep by having Seaplane being in the house 
and having that, like, I've only been here so long mm-hmm. reaction. He really should have thought he was there for a long time. Yeah. And also just one little gripe, too, mm-hmm. just the actual game itself. Like, so we start off in the Parish Mansion. Mm-hmm. That's where the game is. That's where it was when Alan got sucked in. So, and you they kind of go into it, like, once that happened, you know, Alan Parrish's dad, like, just shut down, didn't want to do anything. And then we see the house is, like, in the same condition. Like, Alan's room's untouched. Right. All his stuff is still there. So it makes sense that the board game could possibly still be sure. in that house. Sure. So we got Metallica Boy playing this Atari game in his house. Mm-hmm. Shows up in a school later. How to do that? How to do that? <laughs> How the game go from day to day? <laughs> Boy, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like... This game is usually pretty sedentary. Like, uh, once you put it somewhere, whether it's underground or somewhere, that's where it is. Yeah. How did it get to the school? I don't know. And then they kind of like off the space it. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> die, motherfucker. Die, motherfucker. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, perhaps these answers will be uh, in the, <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> the sequel. To, uh, the dad was donating stuff to the school. There, it's the maybe man, because it does beg the question: like, how does Welcome to the Jungle go into the next iteration? The next level. The next, <laughs> yes, the next level. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's another great point. Like, how does a video game get there? Because there's an explanation. It's goofy as hell in the original. Like, it's 1869 or whatever in a like, yeah. He finds it at like a construction site that's also still digging up the earth at the same time. Yeah. That's unattended to, and he just happens to. Yeah, it's it's a reach, but you know, okay. It's a, it's a reach that I can go with. Because I like I like this idea of like the like the tribal sound. Right. It draws you. It, it's calling you in. It's and a curse. only certain people can hear it. Yes. Too. So that's an interesting. Part. Yeah. Yeah, like the call. He calls you. It calls specific people to play this game. Right. Right. Which um, I think is also consistent with the Zathora universe. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, boy. <laughs> I know I'm coming. I'm no, coming you're right. with, Like these questions that. But they're good questions. <laughs> like what? What's the deal? <laughs> you know, the, Seinfeld. What yeah. is the deal with the Jumanji? <laughs> yeah. I, oh man, I went from being like I kind of like this little Nick Jonas <laughs> cameo to being like it has undermined the entire Jumanji <laughs> franchise. <laughs> I will not stand for this. Um, yeah, wow. I, I got nowhere to go but forward. You got to keep playing, guys. <laughs> Holy shit. Good points. Good points. Um, just to... <laughs> just to, like, get this done, right? Um, in uh, the original, Kirsten Dunst plays Judy Shepard. A young girl who resides at the parish house in 1995. Bradley Pierce plays Peter Shepard, who's uh, her younger brother. Um, family dynamic, cool, makes sense. In the remake, we've got Jack Black as Professor Sheldon Oberon. That old game machine must elect you. Oh who's an overweight expert in many scientific fields. Um, who's the avatar for Bethany who's played by uh, Madison Eastman. Are you gonna help or are you too pretty? I'm too pretty. Bethany's kind of like a vapid, kind of popular high school blonde, right? Um, and in the remake, you also have uh, Karen Gillan, who's Ruby Roundhouse, who's like a scantily clad, like tough. Laura Croft. Yeah, she's Laura Croft, 
What a redhead. You are a badass. Um, um, who's Martha's avatar, Martha, played by Morgan Turner. Martha, you're all here for a reason. Hey, person walking. Is a quiet and shy high school student with a cynical uh, attitude and intellect, I guess. Um, is there a connection between Judy and her brother and these two? No. But no. they're the last two people playing the game. <laughs> So you can just talk about the characters and what you liked about them and maybe what you didn't like. Sure. Um, in the original film, because of, again, the timeline, the continuity, when you have Kirsten Dunst and Bradley Pierce kind of like occupying the parish house with their aunt, like the aunt does a lot of funny kind of comedic things in the film. What works about these two characters is just like in the past, mm -hmm. we've got two children who've now found a board game are now playing the board game with consequences they did not expect. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Same house, same board game, same problem. It's <laughs> that simple. The kids are fine because like Robin Williams is doing all the heavy lifting. But like uh, at one point, uh, the Peter character, yeah, the Peter character becomes a monkey at one point because he's cheating. Right. The sister is kind of a know-it-all and makes up like kind of outlandish messed up stories yeah even about how their parents died right <laughs> <laughs> um which kind of leads them to this point their parents died it's kind of sad mm -hmm. plays back into the ending a little bit mm -hmm. in a funny way but uh really straightforward i think like look you're not asking a lot from child actors no just react <laughs> yeah they're there uh they're sort of the reintroduction to juna junami <laughs> jumanji <laughs> And, uh, they're, yeah, they're really side-side characters. They don't do a lot of the heavy lifting. No. One thing that's great about them is that they did lose their parents. You know, it sucks for them, but right. because Alan also lost his family. So there's the connection right there with all those characters. Yep. So an immediate understanding of one another, 100%. even though they're, like, completely different. And Peter being younger and kind of afraid. Right. right. Rightfully so. Just like a young Alan. Alan. Whoa. Oh. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's a parallel. <laughs> and like, we rely on Peter, just like we rely on Alan to face his fears so that we can, we can overcome this challenge. Not much to say about the characters. They, they help move the film along. They're, they do exactly what they need to do. They're cute kids react appropriately <laughs> fun the only thing i didn't like mm -hmm. was when they're in that convenience store and all of a sudden peter gets all home alone -y yeah and starts makes like a fucking rocket ship boat yeah takes out the hunter it's like oh, i was just like watching it going god damn it home alone it's, was in every movie in the 90s it's 90s man <laughs> i mean you go back and watch the uh, jingle all the way elements of that yeah <laughs> if you're a film in the 90s like with a kid in it there's yeah. gonna be some home alone yeah. in it Oh man, like Mousetrap. Remember that? <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a movie. It's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, you're right. Like, that was a bit out of character. But, um, like I said, they just get the job done. They get the job done. They're sympathetic characters. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they never really get to that level, where, which some kids do, where it's like annoying. It's like, oh my God, can we just move on from these kids? <laughs> the tragic backstory is, is enough for me to root for them. Right. And they don't, they don't, like, rely on that too much right like, no it's a tragic backstory they for the most part especially the sisters seem more or less unaffected like they are clearly yeah. well, rocked by that's it. clearly how she like projects like, right. her lies is right. how she deals with it correct correct 
And, you know, she has this, like, tougher outer shell now. But, like, it's, it's balanced in a way that, like, you can, you can feel bad and it allows for them to achieve and overcome because they're, like, they're not so crippled by this horrific thing. They're able to function and yeah. get things done. Right. I think it was a, a good balance because we have seen movies where the balance is off with child actors. Yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah, they're they're established really well. I like their backstory. I like their relationship. I like the relationship with um, Alan and mm-hmm. Sarah. I like it enough that when she, Judy, gets hit by the poisonous flower and says, I wish mom and dad were here, like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's tender. I like that. Yes. Yeah. So I root for this character. It's not like uh, when Nick Jonas gets bit by a mosquito, I'm just like, all right, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Right. Like when she's going down, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Take me. Please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great point. That's a great point. And like, they also are super helpful at times. Like you said, a little yeah. humble but like, yeah, taking out Van Pelt. Super important. Um, when they get stuck in the quicksand, you know, stuff like that. Like, yeah. these kids are... Stop bringing me things that fall apart. <laughs> 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 these kids are competent. But, you know, Peter does save the board game. He has to yep. do his monkey move before he's a monkey mm-hmm. and go upside down on that branch. And then, you know, they're resourceful kids. Yeah. I, I like the part where he was kind of sad and like, oh, what's wrong, buddy? Yeah. Was, <laughs> tail was stuck. He's like, oh, that's a funny misdirection. See a movie doing misdirection in a way. <laughs> it's not too over the top. Um, I, I gotta say that that the Jack Black and Karen Gillan sort of connection, because they're avatars for two characters who are inconsequential. Right. Can, can, can we say it like? Well, Karen Gillan is the love interest, so I, she's important for Spencer's story. To she, help build his confidence. She is, but we meet Morgan uh, Turner's Martha. So sassy. Late. Yeah, but like she's got one scene. She's at PE. She doesn't want. <laughs> she doesn't want to do PE. She kind of has like a badass monologue, and then detention. Right? Like, I think. Yeah, the roughest part of that remake is how little time we spend with these kids and how disconnected they feel. Like I, I don't feel like. Bethany, played by Madison Eisman, has any real connection to any of these people. No. So, it, yeah, when she's at the end, she's like, hey, guys, hey, friends. It's like, really? Yeah. I don't think you cared about these people I, at all. I, I don't. And, like, I do get, like, Morgan uh, Turner's Martha and Alice Wolf Spencer. I do get those two kind of connecting, right? Like, but I really feel like for that to work, maybe she should have been introduced earlier. Maybe they should interact a little bit more. Like this, they should definitely interact more. They should have had a Bethany just like make fun of the other one. Yeah, yeah. I think that like when you're writing homework for the guy, maybe she's like trying to convince him not to at some point. You know, something like that. Because that's why I had to make that that fridge connection because fridge and Spencer spend more time together. Morgan doesn't really start spending time with him until she's Karen Gillan. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard for me to believe that these kids have this connection. That's kind of like people meeting in an online video game and starting I, a relationship. That's fair. That's kinda. sort of, I guess. I forget that. I forget what the name of that game is, like the real life. I forget what it's called. There's like a, a video game 
where your avatar is like real life. You know, basically, I don't, someone's gonna someone on the internet's gonna punch me in the face. Um, doesn't matter. But I guess the point is that like I I get that right. I get that once you become The Rock and you become Karen Gillan, I can see why you're now like into each other. Yeah, because they became the best looking people. <laughs> right. It wasn't going to be Jack Black. <laughs> tell you that. By the way, Jack Black is my least favorite actor in the movie. I'm just not a Jack Black fan at all. Yeah, let's, let's get there, right? Like, this sort of gender swap thing, there's some funny beats to it, but overall... It's been done to death. It's It's been done to death. It's distracting. It doesn't really elevate anyone. It makes that character annoying, super yeah. annoying. Yeah. Like... Oh my god, I have like a penis. Yeah. I didn't have a penis before. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like that is basically what they could have written for dialogue. Because <laughs> like most of the beats are <laughs> Bethany reacting to now being a man. Yeah. And like most of them are around like using the bathroom. Which is interesting because like do video game characters really need to be going to the bathroom? I, I don't know. And since we're now here, because I wanted to kind of get here, having Bethany as Jack Black, having this interaction with Nick Jonas right. as Alex, the CPR scene where it's kind of like they kiss, whatever. So this teen girl as, right. as Jack Black <laughs> is interacting with a man who now is basically 40. Mm -hmm. Um... <laughs> And when they do get out of the game, like, I I was perplexed by what the fuck <laughs> they were doing with this teen girl and this old man. Because, <laughs> like, you made them a romantic yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Yes. And he's, like, not there. And he's like, all right. I'm, thoughts are racing through my head, Dan. I'm like, how are they going to handle this very, very <laughs> awkward situation of this 16-year-old <laughs> and this 40-year-old man? I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe that guy had a kid and, like, his team son is, like, not, you know, okay. looks just like him, has personality. Like, I, maybe that's what's going to happen, you know? No. No. <laughs> this man with children <laughs> in a family. Awkwardly stares at a 16 year old while she awkwardly stares back at him. And then he says, We named our daughter Bethany. And it made me want to go into the writing room for Machete. Maybe a rifle of some sort, like Van Pelt, and shoot the script. What are you doing? You know, there's all these, like, conspiracy theories. Like, oh, the pedophiles in Hollywood. The pedophiles in Hollywood. And what do you do? <laughs> uh, oh, man. It's so bad. What are you doing? What are you doing? I thought, maybe, right? Because, like, yeah, I feel bad for Alan's dad or, or Alex's dad. Like, maybe he comes back as a teen. Kid who moved into town. Make him a kid. <laughs> Don't make him a, 
Don't make him call it Hanks. Say he named his daughter after you. That is so bad. It is. It's terrible. <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. But it kind of makes sense why they would say only a few months have passed. That way he feels like he's still a teenager. Oh, he's my God. That's even worse. <laughs> I do get what you're saying. There. The, yes. It, it doesn't feel like a man who's 40 is having a relationship with a woman who's 16. It doesn't feel like that because you have uh, a young, Nick, look, young looking Nick Jonas, right? Right. He's getting hit on by Jack Black. Sure. So it doesn't feel... Which is kind of supposed to be funny, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be funny. But it's like, yeah, when you think about it, when you think about it, Reggie, I about it. <laughs> it seems like you have. I was so confused by that. I was just like, why would you do this? Yeah. Um, it still works if he thought he'd been there a while, if she's obsessed with him. He doesn't have to reciprocate at all. He could just be Nick Jones hot, right? And she'd be like, wow. You know, and then, like, the running joke would be like, what's this guy's deal? That could be the running joke. Not I made a connection <laughs> with Bethany. And now 26 years later, 26 years <laughs> later, as a man who's lived a life, had a family, connected to pays taxes. <laughs> 26 years later, you're standing on a street and a 16-year-old, you met in a video game called Jumanji, is standing there eyeballing you and you're like, hey. Spencer, Fridge, <laughs> Bethany, hey, what up, girl? I'm stoked to see you. <laughs> oh, man, I've never seen such a, a bad choice. We watched a lot of remakes. That was crazy bad. I'm mad. I'm mad. I can tell. I can tell. You know, I thought about it briefly when I was watching the film, but I guess I kind of brushed it off because it was Nick Jonas. And that's what like, they want you to do. Yeah, that's exactly what they So they got me, Reggie. They didn't get you. They didn't get me. <laughs> they didn't get me because I watched this scene when they, like, the house is repaired. And I, full disclosure, I watched the remake before watching the original again. Because hmm. I was like, eh, you know, I remember the original just in case, you know, I'm, I'm strapped for time. You know, I can always kind of, like, speed watch the original. So like, let me see how they handle this remake. I didn't remember how the rules of Jumanji work. I didn't remember how the time, right. whether you go back or not, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, um, how does this work? And I think that's why I was so in my head when I watched it, because I was like, what are they going to do with this kid? Because yeah. it was the only thought that was in my head <laughs> at one part in the film, because like, come on, man, generic action film. They're going to put that, I, we're not there yet, but they're going to put that eyeball in that Jaguar. Like, <laughs> what are they going to do with Nick Jonas? And what they chose to do with it just bothered me immensely. I mean, we can, you want to just talk about that ending? How, well, like, the rules? Because that's that's another reason I don't think this is a sequel. It's a reboot because they changed the rules again. Okay. Um, before we do that, because we <laughs> we got, like, two more characters at least that we should talk about. Okay. Um, before we get to the ending, because they're consequential. Um, and one side character that I just like. Oh, well, we didn't really talk about Karen Gillan's character. Oh, yeah, we should. We should. So we got a couple things to talk about before the end. Um... I'm sorry, I got so tied up with Jack, <laughs> Jack Black that I forgot. Karen Gillan, um, you know, playing this avatar for uh, Martha, uh, played by Morgan Turner. Um, did you say Martha? Martha. Sorry. Why did you say that name? <laughs> oh, another <laughs> infuriating <laughs> piece of cinema. Um, 
Karen Gillen is is fine. It's fine. She's your hot, kick-ass female protagonist. Right. And because you put like the kind of smart kid in her body. Yeah. She's like, what, what is this? Why am right. I dressed like this? Like the thing yeah. that we're all thinking, like, why are you dressed like this <laughs> in the jungle? Um, you know, the comedic beats, which they do, I think a bit too much in this film, the comedic beats for her are repeated. Like, yeah, because she doesn't know how to talk to men, so she's really awkward, but she's really hot. Get it? Right. The hot one is awkward. Funny. She's like walking like a wounded gazelle down yeah. to these like NPCs, by the way. So you're going to turn on a computer program. Whatever. Which, if, speaking of the rules changing, if the NPCs reacted to a woman speaking to them, like goons would, that scene would work. But they just repeat the same line because yeah. they're non playable characters. And then the dance fighting. Okay, I have a problem with dance fighting. It's not really dance fighting, Reggie. It's more, no. of, more of dancing than fighting. Right, right. It's not the same. I, I, like, I think dance fighting, I think like break dance fighting from like Zoolander. Zoolander, break dance fighting is a good example. Um, in the beaded video with the uh, knife fight, they're dance fighting. Yes! <laughs> Capoeira, dance fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that she was going to like, I don't know, like tango with somebody. Yeah, like, like to the beat at least. Mm -hmm. No. She's just fighting, and there's a, there's a song playing. That's done all the time. Picking up a chair, um, I I know. Do you remember the song? Because they played it so much. That she was. Yeah. Oh. I can't remember. Oh, that she was fighting too. Because like that was supposed to be the bit too. Yeah, what the hell was that song? It's such a popular song. It is a popular song. I can't remember it. Yeah, it's bothering me now. Uh, I'm gonna just to save this. Uh, oh, 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 uh, baby, I love your way. Ooh, um, baby. <laughs> yeah. I I was so excited because they foreshadowed it, right? Mm -hmm. Like the cake thing. I was like, okay, we got the cake. Right. 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 Uh, dance fight. This is going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> Picking up a chair while Baby I Like Your Way is playing <laughs> and then smashing the guy over the head is, to your point, not dance fighting. It's just fighting. It's fighting with background music, which is just fighting. In the yeah. <laughs> That's usually just a fight scene in a movie. Yeah, it's it, it really missed the mark. It was like the dance fight. I was like, okay, just to make her do a sexy dance, but it's 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 okay because she doesn't know what she's doing. She's really awkward about it. Right, because she she is a teen. Ooh, you made oh yeah, that's right. I I'm back to being mad again. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like I, I I don't I don't get it. Like the problem with the rules changing that universe too, or like they go back and forth between being these kids and confused about everything and then being geniuses in their respective fields. So, like, she's awkward because she doesn't speak to guys, but, like, her character does. Her character knows how to dance fight. She doesn't know how to dance fight. Mm -hmm. Her character is a femme fatale. Her character knows how to talk to guys. The same way um, Fridge doesn't know anything about zoology. Bethany certainly doesn't know about cartography. So why sometimes and why sometimes not? Is making up video game rules. Yeah, it's just a. Uh, I don't know. They, they don't really follow their own rules, I guess, no. at times. Ooh, baby, I'm, <laughs> I, I was okay with the dance fight the first time. Right. The second time. Same song. The same song and no dancing that time. No dancing. Just fighting. Just, just fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I, Karen Gillan, though, she's fine. 
She's great. Love her. Awesome. I loved her in uh, Doctor Who. Yeah. And I was a huge fan of her in the MCU. So it's not her fault. No, it's not at all. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> great. Um, it's what they have her do. She doesn't work. Yes. Yeah. Because like even like when she's trying to be funny, she is actually one of the funnier people in the film because of her playing so awkward. It's fine. You know, it's just, it's not well written. And then the scene of her and Jack Black, Jack Black teaching her how to be a seductress. Like, yeah. it's supposed to be a funny beat, but it runs way too it's long. way too long. It's, it's far too long. I think maybe you use some of that music that you paid the rights for. Just montage that. <laughs> yeah. Just montage that. It's just like... I was like, oh man, we're really on the scene still. Yeah, and it just further enforces that this Jack Black is a teen girl, right? Like, I just, it's taking me away from Jack Black. Like, I understand that this is Jack Black playing this character, but like, right. now I'm just thinking about his Bethany character, because like, that's who Jack Black has ultimately become. And I think like, more so than everyone else in the film, it feels like that character is tied to the original person that they're an avatar for yeah um which is the only joke for yeah, that it's the right. only joke for that character mm -hmm. it is the entire personality is that i am a blonde teenager is the character it just happens to be played by jack black mm -hmm. not not great it's not great not great yeah <laughs> so between all the films two of my least favorite characters um moving on from that disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, two characters who are actually pretty good in both films. Uh, we've got Jonathan Hyde, who plays multiple characters. Mm -hmm. He's Sam Parrish, who's Alan's father, owns a shoe factory in 1969, who also plays Van Pelt, a big game hunter who resides in Jumanji. Um, in the remake, Bobby Cannavale plays Professor Russell Van Pelt. Game over. Who's um, a corrupt archaeologist. He's a former partner of Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character, which is a little confusing. I didn't really pay attention there. <laughs> Immediately. Um, and he's basically a reimagined re version of this Van Pelt character. Um, let me just say this. Jonathan Hyde is fucking awesome in this movie. Yeah. He's awesome as the dad. He's very good as the big game hunter. I did not know that was him me when neither. I was a kid. Me neither. I, the internet had to tell me that. <laughs> it's okay, you were a kid. <laughs> he is so good in this movie. <laughs> and to have it be the father. Right. The, the, the symbology there is just Wow, that yes. was such a great idea. He's afraid, and he's afraid of his father. Right. It's like a psychological thing. I was talking to uh, Pre and we were at Omega Diner earlier today. I'm sitting there kind of like, yeah, we're going to talk about Jumanji. It's like, you know, the dad is the, the hunter, and the hunter's trying to give him the same lesson, and it's about, yeah. like, kind of like toxic masculinity, and the kid can't be himself. And it's like, having him be the scary yeah. big bad, wow. Yeah. Fantastic choice. Great. Great choice. And for for him to be able to play such a wildly different character. Right. So believable. So that children wouldn't recognize that. I did not character. know. No, I, I didn't, didn't either. I didn't fucking know, man. And to be like, you know, funny too. Yeah. As he's the, he's the threat and he's also funny when he's in that 
uh, getting the gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, they stopped making these in like 1890. Damn. <laughs> that delivery of yeah. damn is just so deadpan. Yeah. It works so well. Yeah, they just put like the gold coins and they like turned the yeah. <laughs> Now you didn't get this here. <laughs> Even like him shooting a rifle at Robin Williams is funny. Mm-hmm. In the movie. Like, it's horrifying, but it's so funny in the movie. And like, the lines that he's using as the bad guy are the same lines that the father was using. Mm-hmm. He was asking me something else, but I'm not picking that up. Um, yeah. And, and to have, like, the lines that are being used, like, be a man, like, yeah. it, wow. It's great. <laughs> I got nothing bad to say about it. I yeah. think he's one of my favorite characters in all of, between both of the films, Captain yeah. Hyde was phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, when you realize that it's the same actor, and then, like you said, he's saying the same thing that his father was just saying. It's yeah. just like, wow, it's deep. In a movie that's not deep. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Because, like, when the father says it, you think, oh, he's just, just being a rough dad. But mm-hmm. then when he says it as the hunter, as Van Pelt, then it's like, oh, he's a villain. But it's just so interesting. Like, he could say the same thing and just right. be a different right. character. It's, it's, it's great performance. Yeah. It's a great character. Yeah. Great actor. Great actor. And just, you know, are you going to be yourself? Or are you going to be this this guy? Yeah. And, like, if you are pretending to be this big, tough guy, is it really you? Or is it, you know, like, does it actually weaken you to try to be so strong? It, it's it's just a great character. I mean, love the costume design, the mustache, the, the blunderbuss. Mm-hmm. Like, he plays, like you said, he plays terrifying and funny. Mm-hmm. In the same scenes, it's he's a great actor. It's great. I'll say one thing though. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming he comes from old money to be that rich with the shoe business. Yeah, and to be having a speech that night too in in small big town. shoe. <laughs> big fish, shoe. In, big fish in a small pond. Maybe. Yeah. I was like, the shoe guy has to make a speech tonight. Well, he's empl- employing half the town. You know, I guess it'd be like if you had like some kind of a. Uh, like car factory in like Detroit, you know, like you're a big part of it. Fair enough. The economy. <laughs> Dude, yeah. The economic devastation of uh of Alan Paris being stuck in Jumanji <laughs> in this town. Yeah. Um kind of moving into uh our, our character from the remake, uh Bobby Cannavale is Professor Russell Van Pelt. Um I think he's menacing, right? You know? Menacing looking, and it's you know Bobby Cannavale, you know, I just recently finished Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. So he's like fucking nuts in that. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, what's he going to do in this? Doesn't really do much. No, he's, you know, a lot of it is him like, you know, kind of monologue and staring and you know, being scary. Yeah, and has like insects around him. And right. Just the animals you don't really like. Right. That's it. And he has a weird eye. Yeah. <laughs> He's basically like this corrupted scientist. You know, like, okay. But he doesn't do anything. And the whole time he's trying to figure out, like, where they're going, it's like, they have the jewel. You're trying to figure out, they're obviously going to return the jewel. Right. Just wait for them there. Why are you trying to figure out where the fuck they are? You know where they're going. Right. It's a great point. (laughs) I just, um, I don't think we spend enough screen time with him. I don't think he does enough. No. Like, look, he gets the job done. But, like... I, I don't, what's he doing, you know? like Exactly. I mean, obviously, he got all the powers so he can control all the animals of Jumanji. This right. is his thing. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and then he doesn't want to lose that power. Right. And he's really creepy. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know where anybody's going. <laughs> right. But he controls the animals. Controls the animals. And sometimes insects go in his ears. And yeah. he's okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes he'll poison you with those insects. Yeah. Um... I mean, like, he's a serviceable villain. Serviceable, doesn't really do much. Underused character, for Completely. sure. Completely. Like, menacing. Sure. You know, he's... Very menacing. Give me a minute. He's, he's a great actor. He's good at that. Barely used, like, menacing. He doesn't have enough interaction, I think, with our characters. Correct. Correct. Our characters are so busy interacting with each other. Yeah. Trying to, like I said, outdo each other with one-liners. Yep. That they don't even fucking know this fucking Van Pelt guy. Right. It's just... When Van Pelt shows up in the original film, it's a turn. Yeah. Like, everything just went, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and he's, he's scary, he's funny, he's, he's, he's your dad. <laughs> he's, all these, <laughs> he's all these things. And, like, this guy's just a generic video game villain. Yeah. That's it. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> no. I think we get more screen time with Reese Darby. As the NPC. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> Angel. Yeah. Um, fuck, I was going to say something. Yeah, and the fact that he doesn't... Going back to... Yeah, so Van Pelt, he doesn't even take... I mean, he takes one of the lives. One of Karen right. lives. That's it, though. And then she, like, wanted it to happen. So it's not like he even, like... Maybe, because, you know, they got the three lives, so right. maybe he could have, like, had it killed them so they only have one life and then it's like oh man he's so good at it because he kept but no they kept losing their lives on their own right it wasn't really his fault for like some of the most frivolous reasons yeah you know hippo attack random uh, hippo yeah getting pushed by fucking kevin hart right like, okay and then breathing life into the jonas boy yeah mosquito <laughs> i mean these things these are <laughs> random happenstances they're not dying because of van pelt right they should right. be dying because of Van Pelt. They should be. Getting pushed by your friend who knows the stakes. Yeah. Un inexcusable. It's inexcusable. Um, Falling out of a tree and getting eaten by a panther. Right. Like, what the yeah. fuck are we doing? I mean, 90%, and I understand Van Pelt controls animals, but and he's interested. He's not really. Right? Yeah, he, yeah, he's not, no, he's not specifically going, oh, I, I, I the panther, got him, no. He doesn't know. He doesn't know where the fuck they are. Whole fucking movie. <laughs> You're right. He doesn't kill enough of them. Like, he doesn't do anything. Anything. They could, I, he should just let them go. They would have just killed themselves. They, they would have failed. He helped them. Yeah. He, he helped them so hard. Yeah, he's like, oh, I don't know how to get this out of the mountain. It's a good thing I brought these snakes with me to kill you. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm helping you. And, like, at that point, which the lives thing is a problem, right? Because the visual marker being a tattoo on them gets confusing. I didn't know how many lives Karen Gillen had at that point. So when she died, I was like, oh, maybe that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe there's, like, a, something else they got to do. She's like, no, I got, I got no life. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she got no life. I didn't know. <laughs> How am, I supposed to, how am I supposed to keep up? Like, I think the visual marker could have been done better. Like, movies like Ready Player One do a pretty good job of, like, lives. Yeah. Actually, most films that <laughs> do, like, they kind of beat you over the head with how many lives you have left. And this movie doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or and when it does, it's not with a character who is in, in any danger at any point in the remainder of the film. Like, I didn't know how many lives. To, I guess he had one left. 
but I did not know Karen Gillan said two lives. I don't remember when she died the first time. How'd she die? I was trying to think about it. I can't remember off the top of my I, head. I don't recall Karen Gillan dying. She got shot. Shot. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, they got me. Yeah. Okay, so Van Pelt's boys. But that, was, but that wasn't Van Pelt. That wasn't him. That was one of his boys. Right, right. The boys, by the way, were more menacing. Yes. The entire time. Because they them. actually were, like, with the main characters. Right. They're like a motorcycle game. She's yeah. like, dance fight them. Like, I don't know, like, Van Pelt just felt super underutilized. Like, yeah. it feels like there should have been several more scenes with him. Um, but, you know, whatever. Um, you can't beat that original. No, not at all. Not even close. And, um... He's like, uh... Like a nemesis in Resident Evil. He just yeah. shows up, and he's like, Oh, fuck! <laughs> Van Pelt's here! Gotta get out, man! <laughs> Chris Redfield! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so... Just to kind of, like, um, round out our films, I mean, it, loosely all these characters are connected. Um, gotta give an honorable mention shout-out to two of, like, the kind of, like, joke characters in the film. In the original, you got Dave Allen Greer as Carl, the soul man Bentley. Uh, soul man. The soul man. Do you have children? A boy and a girl? Oh, my God, what happened? Get in, I'll explain it all on the way. A police officer who previously worked at the Paris Shoe Factory, which, you know, honestly, based off the economics of the shoe factory, Alan did him a favor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Reese Darby as Nigel Billingsley, a uh, non-playable character in Jumanji who serves as the primary guy for the... Complimentary skills to return the jewel to the Jaguar's eye and lift the curse. And I'm sure you'll want to get started right away. There's two characters who are a lot of fun, who aren't necessarily like super necessary to move the plot along. I think David Allegrier is very, very funny in this film. He has a lot more to do. He's got a lot more to do. He's got like a personal reason why he's been wronged by our main character. Yeah. Um, he's persevered and now monkeys are taking his car and causing a lot of problems. He gets handcuffed to the car. Like, um, I don't know, the whole Soul Man angle was great. The fact that he makes like a Nike type shoe. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun when he's on screen, and I think he, he's a lot of comic relief in a film that otherwise is, like, sometimes only funny when the villain's being funny. Yeah. I mean, because our main characters are running for their lives mm -hmm. a lot, so, and then it's not the remake where they're going to just be cracking jokes. They're running. Right. <laughs> they don't have time to be cracking right. jokes. So we got David Allen Greer yeah. reacting again. Because they, <laughs> they, they got one life. They have one life. Yeah, and so he's, yeah, he's a comedic relief, and he's... He nails it. He's great. He's awesome. I, there's just the whole Soul Man angle is so funny to me, man. Like he, great. Like there wasn't a lot that I remembered about the original because it's been a while since I saw it. But I was like, dude, I can't wait for this like, <laughs> Soul Man part because I remember just being like, this is so funny. Um, and then Reese Darby, uh, <laughs> less kind of consequential to the overall story, but yeah, pretty fun. Like. I don't know, for me, he was barely in the film. Like, yeah. I, I, when you're like, this other character, I'm like, this other character, I don't even know who he's... Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> he's, a, he's a joke character. He's, you know, he's quite literally an NPC. So. Yeah. Um, he lays out a lot of exposition yeah. when our characters arrive. Yeah. So he's important there. I mean, the fact that he is most of our exposition is shocking. <laughs> shocking. But I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That was it. Um... So that takes us to sort of uh, our endings. Okay. Let's talk about the endings then. We'll start with the original. So we have, we're back at the house. Mm -hmm. Van Pelt 
pretty much as Alan, dead to rights. He's got the gun on him. Judy's dying upstairs because she got poisoned. Peter's with her. He's full monkey. And Sarah's downstairs with Alan, too. She walks in on the confrontation. Pretty much Van Pelt is saying the same things, like you said, that the father's saying. Be a man. Be a man. Come on. Let's do it. And then finally Alan's like, yeah, I'm going to be a man. Let's do this. And he's like, okay, this makes it easy for me. So Van Pelt's like, put the hands up and, or he puts his hands up and makes him drop a die. And then it keeps rolling and the longest die roll in the world, Reggie. And he's like, any last words? And then he sees that the die stopped rolling, moves his piece to the center of the board where it has to go to finish the game. He says those magical words, Jumanji, doesn't matter. Van Pelt's like, you're dead. Shoots at him. Sarah's like, no, Sarah, fucking awesome. Jumps in front of the bullet. That's great. (laughs) Fucking true for her. Yeah. (laughs) And then as she does, the bullet stops in its path and then fades away. Everything starts to get sucked into Jumanji. Mm -hmm. Everything that's been sucked in, the monkeys, the rhinos, the slow rhino, my favorite (laughs) character, actually. (laughs) Um, And everybody's gets sucked back in the board. The last one's Van Pelt. You see his head just like, I'm stuck. It gets sucked back in. And then we're back in 1969, and we're young Alan and Sarah are just like, oh shit, (laughs) we're young again. And then they just embrace, and then they've gotten time back. They get to get their lives back. Everything was ruined that day. They get taken back to that day. Everything reset. Right. And what does that mean for Alan? Well, his dad walks in, and he immediately just embraces him. He's just like... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Good thing should be apologized a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> should have been the dad. I <laughs> so the dad's there, and he's like, "I'm so sorry." He, 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 you know, he's been without his dad for 26 years, and he got to see him right there. And he's like, "Oh, maybe I was a little hard on your son. You don't have to go to that military school." So the two of them, like their bond, which was, you know, a lot of, had a lot of tensions softened and father and son he's like we'll talk about this later man to man and he's like what about father to son i like that (laughs) (laughs) so so fast forward now alan and sarah are together Mm -hmm. she's pregnant they're having a christmas party jumanji a christmas movie what (laughs) same with the remake too it's a christmas (laughs) oddly enough anyway so they're at the christmas party they're just having a lot of people over and then Sarah goes, they're here. And he's like, oh, Dip, they're here. And we're like, who's here? And it's a young Judy and Peter. Hey. Look at that. And they're there with their parents. <laughs> and they're like, because the dad's going to start working with Alan. So he's like, oh, well, yeah, we're going to have, you're going to work with us. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're just going to take a quick ski trip. And he said, good joke here. No, don't go. No, no, no. Because that's how they died yep. in Canada. So they're going to stay. They're reunited with Judy and Peter. Judy and Peter are like, who are these people? We don't get why they're so excited to see us. Doesn't matter. That's pretty much how everything ends, except Jumanji is now discovered in another country? I think I think they're speaking French. Something like that. I should also say, like, before we fast forwarded, Judy, uh, young Alan and Sarah did dump the game into like a river, like a local stream or something. Sure. A local, let's say a local stream that ended up in France. France somehow. Yeah. So anyway, the game will continue, and you hear those drums, and then Jumanji. Yeah. So, pretty satisfying ending, I felt. I think it was a very satisfying ending. Um, kind of uh, something that we touched upon before. We didn't really say this, but like the original film is much more in line with the original kind of children's story. Uh, in that film, there's a Judy and a Peter. 
who find a game in a park. So it's a little bit different, right? But like after they're done and they're like, oh, we Jumanji, some local kids find the same game in the park. So like that continuation and that foreshadowing works really well in the movie. And again, what I think really works about this original ending is that it feels a lot like the source material. Jumanji comes to them, you know, mm-hmm. in their world. Right. So uh, I said all that to say that like, I think it is a very satisfying ending and it's more in line with uh, the original content, basically. Yeah. I like the idea of them going back to when the game I love started. That. I love that. I, I love that they get their time back because yeah. it's a big question mark. Like, what happens to Alan and his dad? And mm-hmm. it's answered. Right. You <laughs> never have to wonder because they show us. Right. Because we know what the world's like when that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. When he goes missing. It's not great. No. When he's back. Everything's right. Everything's great. Works. Yeah. Dad's still alive. <laughs> still selling shoes. Still selling shoes. You know? Um, I, I do like like that beat with the, the parents. It's worth it, you know? Like, ultimately, what his connection with Judy and Peter, ultimately, does it does it really matter? It's like they're, they're chums, right? So, like, mm-hmm. even though uh, this group may be older, they still have a connection with these kids because they've been through a lot together, whether the kids know it or not. So, very, very nice. I'll do the uh, the ending to the remake. Yeah, I'll just talk a little oh, bit. I just have one little thing about the the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I did like that they were kids also because it's like you lost twenty six years, both right. of them. You know, right. it wasn't just Alan who was stuck in the game. You know, Sarah yeah, lost right. everything. Like yeah. everyone calls her the crazy lady. And mm-hmm. Who knows what other terrible things happened in her life because she kept saying a boy got sucked into a board game. Yeah. So for them to get like a fresh start, you know, maybe a little hokey, but. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like that um, That sort of the hope of it, right? Like right. you go back, you get another chance, you you start to interact better with your dad. Because, like, I mean, right. let's, let's be honest. Like, as children, we've all fought with our parents before, you know? Is Alan's dad ultimately, like, that bad of a guy? Maybe not. A little harsh, but, like, you can see that their relationship is going to change for the better mm-hmm. because of this experience. Right. So maybe living 26 years in the jungle right. can teach you how to have a better relationship with your dad, especially when your dad was kind of trying to kill you the whole time. Um, hokey, but in a good way, like a nice ending to what is ultimately a children's film. Yeah, exactly. Everything ended net positive. Mm-hmm. So, And it's a type of film, too, where like, as an adult, I can still go back and just enjoy it. Maybe that's the nostalgia lenses like you were talking about, but right. like, I think the the stuff that Jonathan Hardy does, the stuff that uh, Robin Williams does, I think it's just strong enough that, right. yeah, I'll watch this movie about some kids getting attacked by monkeys and bats. Like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I know they kind of, like, you don't even really need that um, romance between um, the boy and the girl. It's, it's really about that relationship with the father and the yeah. son, especially once you figure out Van Pelt is the same actor. Right. And to just reestablish that, that was... That was that's awesome that he got yeah. to just get a do over with his dad. I I think like like you're saying, getting that realization as we're older, maybe we missed it as kids because the uh, the costume design was so good, um, the makeup and all that stuff. That like realizing that it's the father just makes it such a stronger mm-hmm. movie and stronger ending. So yeah, you can tackle the remake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll tackle the remake. You know, we I kind of pick up where like. Nick Jonas is um, sort of afraid to engage, right? Like, he's like, I got one life left, blah, blah, blah. 
he's a little on the fence about whether he wants to finish the journey, similar to Alan in the original film. He's like, do I want to finish this? Um, they go through all their crap, right? Like, helicopter rides, all that stuff. They get to the last part. There's a Jaguar's eye. Here's the rock. They've all made it. The power of friendship, like, you know, some, like, cartoon series, basically. Mm -hmm. um, like we mentioned, it's not, it's, is there really that much to this scene? You know, like, like the rock gets on a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> rides up. Karen Gillan's character uh, lets herself get bitten by venom. So that she like does that thing that they've been doing throughout the film where like when you come back to life, you come from the sky and you start yeah. falling. It's an epic scene. The rock is on the motorcycle. He puts his hand out. No, wait, he gets on a, a vine. <laughs> this guy, this is a vine up near the Jaguar. He's like riding on the vine. He's jacked. He's huge. Puts his hand out. Karen Gillan slam dunks the, uh, the eye in his hand. Alley-oop. Boom. They put it in. There's two green eyes in the Jaguar, but they forgot the uh, the little riddle that <laughs> Reese gave him earlier and that Nigel gave him, and they got to say the magic words. They say Jumanji. All is well. Van Pelt and whatever happens. I really don't even know what happens to him. <laughs> he, like, disappears or something. Who knows? Like They did the thing they were supposed to do. So at the end, the non-playable character is like, well done, you've done Jumanji. You shake his hand, you get sucked back to the real world. And there's one last bit of tension, for no reason at all, where uh, du Spencer, as Dwayne The Rock Johnson basically at this point, says, you know, I kind of like the way I am here. Mm -hmm. And he wants Karen Gillan to stay with him. We could be like this, here. There is no reason after <laughs> that you would want to stay in Jumanji after everything you've seen. He's attracted to Karen Gillan. Well, I get that. <laughs> I, I get that. I also get that, like, you're a Jack Rock-like character. It's just the setting for me, man. You know, it's it's where you are <laughs> that bothers me. Um, Karen Gillan's like, no, you know, if you like the way we are here, let's do this for real. In the real world. So they all eventually go back to the real world. Um, they're back in the breakfast club. <laughs> yeah. And now they're buddies. Now they're all friends. They're all friends. They go by the freak house, the reek house, and that's been, it's no longer dilapidated. Alex Vreek is, uh, excuse me, Alex. Alan Vreek is, uh, did not go missing. So you get that weird kind of connection the same way we see uh, Parrish and mm -hmm. Sarah, you know, connect after 26 years but as children again, and you see their lives play out, them getting older, having a kid, meeting Judy and Peter again, mm -hmm. you actually kind of see that process. We don't see what happened to Alan Vreek at all, but we do see is that he comes out like a soccer van <laughs> <laughs> with uh, two kids, and he's staring at a 16-year-old. Um, my biggest problem with the movie, honestly. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I'm real stoked to see you guys. And they're stoked to see him. There's still more movie for some reason. <laughs> Spencer's outside of school. He sees uh, Morgan, who's still a nerd. He's still a nerd. And they have a passionate kiss, which is a lot better than their kiss when they were The Rock and uh, Karen Gillan. Right. It's very awkward. Um, so, you know, it's all working out. Bethany is friends with them. The Fridge, I don't know. He's friends with them, too. He's friends with them. Is he back on the football team? Probably not. Sure. Yeah, you know what? He probably is. And... 
they all, like I mentioned, they kind of like, they take the Atari and they drop a bowling ball on it. They office space it. They're like, nah, fuck that. No more Jumanji, man. Um, it's a triumphant kind of like ending, walk away. And because I just started to fade at this point, I imagine you heard the tribal music again as they walked away. That it's, it's an ending. It's an ending. To a film. Yeah. The film ended. Yes. <laughs> it, it didn't keep going. <laughs> uh, except that it does because there's a sequel. But, um, shit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, I, I get it. We wrapped up things, right? Like, uh, Alan gets to see his his father again. He lived his life, presumably. We don't really see it. Like, if you didn't see the original Jumanji, you really might not know how that works. Mm. It's not really that obvious. And for him to be there, like, usually when you have a scene with, like, your dad and your kids and stuff like that, like, usually you kind of throw in that spousal figure, too. Like, which I think was another problem that I have with this ending, which is like, he's got a wife, he's got kids, his wife should be there. I think that would dampen the blow <laughs> of the whole Bethany relationship. I, I really think they wrote themselves into a bad corner <laughs> with that. I think it was just a really poor choice, but, uh, you know, whatever. Spencer gets the girl, the fridge is friends with Spencer again, Bethany's not as vapid, I guess, and we all ride off into high school friendship and then you go to college next year <laughs> mm -hmm. probably want to hear want to hear my problem with the ending yeah let's hear it so in the original movie we go back to mm -hmm. alan and sarah who started the game right uh peter and judy don't know who they are mm -hmm. right this reboot sequel this reboot sequel uh alex does get to go back as his young self mm -hmm. as he says but they all know who he is they all know who he was. They all know what happened. It's like they traveled through time. Yeah. Because they remember the past or how, how it used to be, like a disheveled house with a dad who was like the crazy guy who might have murdered his son. Right. So they remember everything. Right. Peter and Judy didn't remember anything. That's fair. It's different. They changed it, right? <laughs> they changed the rules again. They changed the rules again for sure. They had to change the rules because the whole point was to breakfast club it, have these people who didn't like each other come together, go through this adversity, and then come out as friends. It's it's the dual sort of parallel problem that they created for themselves, mm -hmm. which is that it's a movie about four high schoolers. Right. But it's also a movie about a missing guy. Right. And it's also a movie about that missing guy trying to come back home, but it's also a movie about those high schoolers trying to go back home. Right. So it's two different stories. Yeah. And, and if you want to follow the rules of the old Jumanji, it doesn't work because our main focus is those four kids. Right. If they don't remember anything, they didn't learn any lesson, it doesn't work. Right. So we had to change the rules. Right. Because if, if it went back to being normal, right. they're not friends. No. So... That whole, the whole experience is for nothing. Right. But it has to be... It has to be about that. Something. So what I'm saying is we don't need Alex at all. He was a pointless fucking character. You're kidding. <laughs> Alex is the most unimportant character. There, there have been a lot of unimportant characters in the film. He's up there. Yeah. Like, I wish they didn't explore what happened to him. You know? Like, if you had, like, a scene 
where it looked like he didn't recognize him, and he kind of just throws like a wink, that would have been better. That would have been better. Yeah. To have him come on. <laughs> Bethany. 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 Morgan. Like, I'm super stoked, and I named my kid after you. And it's like, it's too much for no payoff. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, I, I agree with you that, like, changing the rules is a poor choice, but they had to, to your point. But they had to because they dug themselves in a corner by having this Alex character who was, like, as you said, inconsequential, not important, didn't need him at all. No, no. Alex was never important to the plot of the film. No. They, they threw in this idea, we need to fly. You didn't have to fly. No, they didn't have to fly, and any one of them could have flown. Like, the, the Rock has no weaknesses, but. so perhaps he knows how to fly. Yeah. Um, yeah, any of the other ones could have just had that as their ability. It yeah. shouldn't, he shouldn't have been there. No. He shouldn't have been there at all. Because the movie's about these four kids. Yeah, it's not about him at all. <laughs> we get all of our backstory and exposition about Spencer. Yeah. We get no backstory for Alex. Oh, so... But he's the beginning and ending of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it makes you wonder why. Because it doesn't fucking matter. No. Because we don't really meet the dad either. No. So I don't really care if the dad's crazy because I never met the dad when he wasn't crazy. Yeah. These children have lived their entire life with the freak story being just part of their upbringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part of their little neighborhood. And now they have solved the freak case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So but, do they know... Like, they know the old history where, like, this kid might have been murdered by his right, father. Right, but now you, They don't know the new history now. I think they have parallel history. I think they're, like, they... Almost like Inception and shit. Like, they... They know a world with and without. But that doesn't make sense either. Yeah, it doesn't make because sense. Because the world has Alex Greek right, in it. Right, so they would have interacted with him before that day. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. Because it's the same neighborhood. Because his dad donated the Atari to this school. It's the same neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Because for that to be the first day that they met Alex, and him to have to explain, mm-hmm. I live here, or mm-hmm. I have lived here, and I'm just visiting my dad. You're right. At some point, when they were 10, 7, mm-hmm. perhaps they would have met Alex Rick. Maybe Alex would have been part of their existence at some point. Yeah. Hell, make him like gym teacher or something. Like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, no, don't make him a gym teacher. Oh, yeah. a kid. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't be this complicated. Yeah, it shouldn't. It should be really. You know how you, you know how it's not complicated, right? You don't put him in the movie. Put him in the movie. You think about the movie, the movie's about Spence. It makes a lot more sense. It's a lot easier, a lot cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Just have Bethany fall in love with an NPC or something. I don't know. Or not at all. Not at all. Let her have the fun of I now have a penis, because that's the only joke. Um, and then that's it. Or, you know, she does get into, like, she wants to travel. She wants to hike. Sure. So, yeah. So maybe she wants to study cartography. Yeah. And, like, her boyfriend in the room was like, what? Cartography? And he's like, yeah, you don't get it. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know, but don't do this. <laughs> what you've done here is so confusing. Yeah, that, that love story was, yeah, you didn't need it because it didn't, it didn't go anywhere. Because it couldn't go anywhere because he's a 40-year-old man. 
Right, teenager. right. Which is like I'm sitting there with real tension in my life. Like I'm, I'm struggling to watch the scene because I'm like, what are they going to do here? What could they do here? And the answer is not write the character into the film. <laughs> so right, we figured it out. Because it's no different, by the way, than it, it would be like in the original movie. Those two kids that originally put the move, excuse me, the board game mm -hmm. into the ground, it would be like them saying, what happened to those kids? Like, if you had an ending where they were like, and there's the kids from 1869, mm -hmm. like, that wouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. We don't need that thread. Alex Reap shouldn't be part of the movie. No, it should have just been a four-player game, and they just discover it in their school. Right. Sure. You because just started there. You did not need this whole weird backstory of him right. getting sucked in. Or like Alex Reap should have been some kid putting the game in the school to hide it. Like in the where like the basement, you know, of the school so that like no one can find it because he got Jumanji and now he doesn't want that to happen to someone, like in the original film. Like we went through Jumanji, this thing's cursed, I'm getting rid of it, and that's how it ended up in the school. The idea that we're gonna see him and save him. Makes no sense because you know how you handle the Alan Parrish story in there. They go to the treehouse and it's like, "Who's that Alan Parrish? Who's Alan Parrish?" Mm. I don't know. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You just don't have that scene either. Well, like, yeah. The problem is, I think they were trying to make him like Alan Parrish. But the problem that. is, he shows up like halfway through the film, right. and they've already done a bunch of shit. If you wanted that character to be a true one to one, as soon as they're there. They run into some adversity, and he saves them immediately. Here's Because he's been there for so long. Here's how you solve this problem, actually. And this is, I mean, you would kind of ruin another character, but like, here's how you do it. He's been hiding in the game as an NPC. He's been the one guy in it the whole time. He's so afraid to play the game that he's become a non-playable character. And he's been guiding them, and I don't know, they convince him to like, Finish his turn, you know, something like that. But there's no relationship with the, the girl. It doesn't really matter what happens to him. Right. Like, but honestly, that's even worse than just him not being there. He shouldn't be there. Yeah. So that's how the movie ends. That's how the movie ends. <laughs> so with with that being said, um, I did want to make uh, some concession for the music. I know that's your your category, but I think that um, that in the original, sorry. That in the original, you know, James Horner, I think the score is actually pretty good. I think it, like, really captures, like, the scope of these yeah. creatures coming out. And, like, I just felt like the music worked really well. I don't remember a lot about the remake music. Yeah, baby, I love you, ways. And then the end credits, Welcome to the Jungle. Right. Other than that. Oh, also, also, <laughs> problem with the remake right here. Mm -hmm. Alex gets sucked in 1996. Yep. He says to them, been here a few months, just getting jiggy with it. That didn't come out until 1997, motherfuckers. Mm, did nobody research that? No, they did not. I was, dude, when I saw that, I was watching with Sam, I was like, that didn't come out in 96. I'm fucking researching that shit, dude. Like, one, five seconds on Google. <laughs> you, I don't know why. There has to be a reason. I don't know why this film has, like, four writers. This is not a film that requires four writers. So I don't know if they're rewrites. I don't know. I, I think there was a bunch of rewrites. Had to it be. Sounds like it. I mean, look at it. 
Um, like I said, you, you got a guy like uh, Henry Jackman who's competent because like I think the music in Kong Skull Island is great. Yeah, you know, I think like some of the other stuff that he works on is amazing, and I don't remember any of his scoring because you've. Like you said, you got the Welcome to the Jungle. Right. You've got these other songs. So like I'm thinking about pop music. Right. And, you know, like the original Jumanji, like I'm thinking about like scope. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I I was confused. I was a little confused there. But I think the original had um a solid score and which makes sense based off of who made it. And the remake should have had a more memorable score based off of who made it. But yeah. You know, they had to get their big pop tie ins, man. It's rough. Um, so, damn. <clears throat> we said all this. A lot. Ultimately, do you think that this remake should exist? Um, so, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. I was really excited to watch it. I mean, when you said just this episode, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see it. Like, it looks fun. Mm-hmm. It was, like, really funny. It looks like they're going to have... They're going into Jumanji. I knew that. I didn't know it was a video game. But it, it looked like, oh, we're going to go into Jumanji. And then it was a little bit weird that they're going into a video game. And then the one-liners came, and, and I was like, this made money, so I should like it, right? <laughs> There's a sequel, so I should like it. Uh, the problem, at the end of the day, is just it didn't feel like Jumanji. Like, when we, we started this conversation, like, there's a big difference between, like, having a game affect real-life events and then everything just contained within a video game. Right. Everything just contained in a video game does not feel like Jumanji to me. No. It feels... I don't know. It feels, well, it feels like a different movie. You had mentioned there's four different writers. I guarantee this did not start as a Jumanji movie. I guarantee mm. someone was like, we're going to put people in video games and we're going to have some weird things happen to them. And I think somebody in Hollywood was like, let's call it Jumanji. Because you, you want this movie made? We're going to call it Jumanji. And okay. And that's what we got. And it does not feel like a Jumanji wow. movie at all. If somebody walked into this movie 20 minutes after it happened, they would not think this is Jumanji. Because we're in a video game. We're, and we're not following any of the rules. Any of the rules that you've that were established in the original film are changed to fit the narrative. So I don't think this was originally a Jumanji movie. And it definitely is only a sequel because the Alan Parrish was here. Because you named the villain Vamp Out and you called the game Jumanji. That's the only ties it has. But I really don't think this was a Jumanji film. Uh, I think it would have been fine. If I didn't think it was a Jumanji, I think I'd enjoy it more if I didn't think of it as a Jumanji film. So at the end of the day, maybe it's a fun movie. I didn't have fun watching it. Some people did. My wife did. I did not. <laughs> uh, I was complaining a lot. I don't know. It's because I just felt like it was such a departure. But it might be fun on its own if it was called something else. Like, get sucked in video game. game. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't think it should have existed. Not as a Jumanji film. Wow. As you were saying that, I, just like it was almost like this light bulb effect of like, yes, this is a different movie. Uh-huh. Like if this was, it's like the Point Break thing, which is let's just call it Point Break. Yeah, it's less egregious than that. Um, yeah, certainly, certainly a, much easier to to digest. I think that like if I was watching a film, and you're right, if you took the Jumanji parts out, right? If I was watching a film about some kid named Spencer, and, mm-hmm. you know, a friend that he's not friends with anymore. And a hot chick and all this other stuff and like if they got sucked into a video game mm-hmm. and the same stuff happened but you didn't call it Jumanji I think I would have been like you said more or less fine with it right I think I would have been like oh yeah that's actually a kind of interesting premise right you know um, has it been done somewhat yet yeah. but like you know uh, that doesn't preclude something from being you know decent entry into the genre but you're right like when I'm looking at like 
the Alex character. The whole time, I'm like, why are you here? Why are you here? And and then, like, that scene at the end is so awkward that I'm like, I don't understand how they got to this position. And as you said that this was a different film, I was like, that's the only way. Yeah. It's the only thing that makes sense. That someone had written a different movie and some, someone else had come behind him and said, wait a second, we're going to have to take this script. Um, I mean, the only reason these people would have signed on to this, The Rock and you know Kevin Hart, is because it's Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Not because of what's written between the, yeah. the pages. Like, the screenplay is, you know, it's fine. It's a, it's a movie. It's, it's written well enough. But, like, the execution is just not good. For the subject matter they're trying to attack, I just think that it's a confusing mess. And as I was watching it, I was kind of enjoying it, right? Because I was like, oh, I kind of like The Rock. I kind of like Kevin Hart. But like, the more I like looked at it and going back and revisiting Jumanji, I was like, Jumanji is just so much of a better film than this, and actually has like a purpose. And this felt like a very meaningless adventure. Um, I don't. I don't care, right? Like, there's a sequel, right? It's like, I don't care to see it because I don't really need to know where they go from here. Like, there, there's nowhere to go from here. The next there's, level. The next level. They're going to go back to Jumanji and do this shit again? They're going to believe in each other again? <laughs> They're not friends anymore again. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they, you know, like I said, maybe they went to college and they grew apart. I just think that, like, Jumanji, some of the stuff that we talked about with the dad and Ron Williams and, like, everything, like, the fact that, like, there was a continuity and there was a, a, a narrative that that went forwards and backwards in like a deep way that you're not expecting from a pretty rudimentary film and then you have this film with everything in its advantage the star power the, the budget and everything like that and it puts out this product which is funny-ish you know action looks good you know it's not a bad looking film it's not too long it's not too short but it's just not important and i think because of that like i still feel a connection with 1996 Jumanji. Is it my favorite film? Absolutely not. But like, I, I remember watching, I remember being terrified of the bat scene and, 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 and you know, him getting sucked into the game. And I was like, holy shit, could this happen to me in real life? And the fact that it takes place in a real world. I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. The fact that this takes place in a video game, I don't give a shit. I don't care what happens. <laughs> so because I didn't care about anything that happened in the film, even though I kind of mildly liked it, um, this remake shouldn't exist because it, it's not... Jumanji. It's not Jumanji. No. It's not Jumanji. So don't do this. <laughs> I know they're going to keep doing it. We'll probably keep doing it because they're going to make a lot of money. But it's not Jumanji. And I, I don't know what to say other than that. Like, I guess if they did the sequel, I hope they brought it into the real world somewhat. But like, even that, it's no, a little late. It looks like it's still like in a video game. Yeah, it's not good. Still in different bodies. So they actually swap bodies, I think, so at they, some point. Hmm. I saw from the trailer. I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not a Jumanji film. I th- you know I didn't really like Jack Black in it, but I think he nailed it. This is more of a Breakfast Club film. Yeah, these are four kids in different cliques coming together because of detention, and then after spending time together, realize they have a lot in common. They don't hate their parents like in the Breakfast Club, but they have a lot more in common than they realize. And at the end of the day, they're friends. So it's Breakfast Club that takes place in a video game with a lot more action. That. It's, it's, it has more in common with that movie than the original Jumanji. Yeah, no. I mean, people would, you know, pitchforks and burn down Hollywood, but like, yeah. if you would call that like the Breakfast Club, I actually 
I think it would have been okay with it. It would have been a bold move to do it like that, but it has more in common with it. It's it's absurd. Yeah. Wow. It is more of a Breakfast Club movie than yeah. a Jumanji movie. Wow. Yeah, There's right. fucking 80s songs in there. You're golden. Yeah, well, they Golden, boom, boy. <laughs> they kind of did, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it put a fucking cameo by Judd Nelson. Oh, that'd be great. Have him be like the, I don't know, the villain or something. Huh, a modern retelling of the Breakfast Club with kids who get zapped into a video game. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're going to come together and be friends. Exactly. <laughs> don't you... <laughs> Forget about me if I disappear for 26 years and become yeah. a video game character. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. It, it's just, it's not bad. It's just not. It's not Jumanji. A thing. I know people like this movie and it made a lot of money. So when I, when I finished it, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> what's Reggie going to say? Because I don't have anything really nice to say. I, you know, I've got some nice things to say. Like I, because I generally like. Those people, Jack Black, you're right, is like one of my least favorite parts. But I like The Rock, I like Kevin Hart for the most part. And I was like, yeah, I could see a kid. I was trying to grade it on the kid scale, right? Yeah. But then at the same time, I was like, this is not important at all. Yeah. You know? But I'm sure kids love it, so maybe that's what, at the end of the day, it's all about. We're not really the target audience, but we are because they're making a lot of references towards us. Right. So. There's some adult humor thrown in there, too. There is. There is. I don't know. Um, it might, like I said, it might be fine if it wasn't called Jumanji. Mm-hmm. I might, I would have a lot less grief with it if it was just called like Into the Video Game, something like that. Yeah, because like that's the problem, right? Like Jumanji handles the Jumanji like story better. You got something like Ready Player One that handles a video game exactly better. Yeah, you know, like there's just different things that are better at what this movie's doing, and it just kind of like. Lumps together some really generic, like boilerplate shit, connect it, and then say Jumanji. And it's like, nah, nah, it's not. But, you know, like, like you said, if it was a different film, I don't think I'd be grading this harshly. But, like, right. look, Jumanji's so good. Yeah. I forgot how good Jumanji is. It's really, really good. Man, like, you just said it right there. One of my big gripes, it's like, yeah, this has been done before. I've seen this done and better. Yes, much better. Much better. Much better. Like, the whole time I was watching Because, like, when they got the uh, the tattoos on their arms, I was like, oh, those are their health bars. You know, I was like, oh, this is a health bar. Like, it's the first thing I thought of. And, uh, like, when you got hit by the hippo, I was like, oh. When... They didn't, I don't even think they showed it right away. Not right away. They didn't show it after Jack Black died. They show it after Karen Gillan's character died. Right. Which is weird. Because you think they would have figured it out right away. Right. Because... <laughs> I saw it, right, like, because yeah. I play video games, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a health bar. Yeah, you know? I knew that too. It's a health bar. Like, all right, done. <laughs> and we're like, well, what happened? Like, how do you not have a question about it? <laughs> it just died, you know? Like, I don't know. It, it's trying to do a lot of different things, and I, mm-hmm. I think it should have tried to focus on less. Yeah, that was another one of my big gripes. It's like, what are you? You're like you're not really leaning into the Jumanji world. Like I'm not really learning much about the world of Jumanji, and you're not really leaning into the video game thing enough. Right. I don't think. No. No. So but, yeah, it was just like in the middle, safe in the middle, and it was just so bleh. Yeah. Because like if you're gonna do the video game thing, like Karen Gillan, like she's a Laura Croft character, like she should be like I don't know why I have unlimited ammo, you know, something like that, or like uh, being able to summon like a truck or something out of the sky and drive like. Things should have been more video gamey. Right. Or less. <laughs> you know? More or less. 
don't know. Like there's, like I said, something as simple. And this, this is for anyone that's making a film. Something as simple as rolling a dice, watching a piece move by itself is more powerful than almost anything that happened in that movie. That's it right there, man. Like, you don't need a lot to tell a good story. Like, you just you just need to hit people in, like, their feelings. You know what I mean? Like, the guy contending with his father over 26 years, that is real. Some kid who, you know, kind of wants to be friends with his kid is friend again. Like, yeah, stay in that space. But instead of doing that, you're like, uh, I, I exploded with cake. Like, what the fuck, man? Like... <laughs> It's a human experience. It's a human story. Like, tell it. I don't know. <sighs> <laughs> and stay away from the kid, old man thing. That's that was bad. That was real bad. That took me out of the movie hardcore. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I, I wanted to take down names and figure out who's in charge. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> like this is, this okay. Is, which one of those four writers wrote this one? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, that's what we that's what we thought about the films, <laughs> man. Um, is there anything else that you can think of? About no. It? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, said it all, man. Uh, yeah, look, like I said, this movie made a lot of money. Maybe you guys have a different uh, take on it. You know, feel free to message us, write in the comments. Like, what do you think about Jumanji? Welcome to the Jungle. Do you think that this is an appropriate jump off for uh, for such a kind of historic story franchise, or do you think like us that you know maybe you just missed the mark? Uh, you know, love to hear from you. I think we should have some fun, Reggie. So, uh, who's more fun than Nicolas Cage? Whoa. We're going to do some Gone. <laughs> no, it's, it, the answer is we're doing Nicolas Cage. We're going to do Gone in 60 seconds. Oh! Yeah! <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Hype. <laughs> so, that's our next episode. Gone in 60 seconds. Watch it and join us for the next review. That pretty much does it for today's <laughs> episode. Um... If you're listening to us on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. That will greatly help us grow the channel. If you're on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe. We definitely love reading the comments and interacting with you. We have hundreds of subscribers. Yes. Hundreds. It's crazy. <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited about your, your pick. Going to 60 right. seconds? Yeah. That's great. Um, sorry. <laughs> That's a distraction. Um... Nick Cage brain but you know five star review follow us on Instagram Twitter Facebook at Retro versus Remake um, like I mentioned love the comments love the subscribers uh, you guys keep us going with that being said I'm Reggie Parker and I'm Dan Bielek this has been another episode of Retro, Retro versus, versus Remake, remake. welcome to the channel <laughs> oh my god